So, I'm going to go ahead and start the night with a couple recommendations. Uh, if you don't already know me, I'm Young Shiro, Vaporwave DJ, curator, uh, promoter, networker, friend of many, enemy of a few, but, but hopefully we'll keep that to like one hand. I got a few recommendations for you guys tonight. I've been on a serious like sample, not sample hunt, but like, like crate digging binge. And I have got a couple art artists that I definitely want to shout out and some albums that I really want to sound off about. A couple of them are from business casual. So shout out Christ. Um, maybe that makes me like a vapor normie, but like, God damn it. If he doesn't curate some of the best work, um, Oh, no, I, I don't think so at all. Dude, every time I walk by his table at venues, I always have to, like, yeah. talk to some people that, like, are just looking and be like, you should get that one. <laughs> and here's why. I can't sure. help try to, like, sell albums for these people. And one of them that I always point out, but that I never actually listened to, like, head to foot, toe to toe, was Seth Nova's Eternal Heartbreak. And then I finally Oh, yeah, Seth Nova's great. Yeah, he I is. That. I finally he bought it. Bonds, such a great songwriter in general. Yeah, he is. I, he really has the whole like late 80s like early 90s like just just soft rock, I guess like pop vibe on lock. I know somebody a yes. meaner person than myself once said uh, we have Millie Vanilli at home. Or something like, no, I wasn't Millie Vanilli. It was somebody else. Someone's going to roast me in the chat. I can't remember who it was. Never mind. Just forget you You heard that. Um. Anyways, um. so sup, Scritty Politi. Thank you. Thank you. One of those fucking names. Scritty Politi. Just forget. Go listen to Seth Nova's Eternal Heartbreak because he's amazing at songwriting. He's got a beautiful voice. He's got an amazing synth palette. Honestly, even if he didn't sing, the songs would stand on their own. I'm glad you guys are getting a, a kick out of this. They're, the songs stand very, very strong. He's he's a phenomenally poignant songwriter. And if you haven't listened to Seth Nova's Eternal Heartbreak, you really need to. I'm incredibly excited about what he has to bring to the table next. Uh, what do they call it? Vaporwave? Vaporwave 2.0, I think. The Vaporwave with vocals. I've heard some people say it. I'm sure Donor Lens knows what it is and will probably tell us. But anyways... I'm going to move on to the next one. Uh, very, very good homie. Definitely took my time in getting to the album, embarrassingly. But after hearing so much of it live, I'm so glad that I finally listened uh, start to finish to Simple Syrup's Bloom. Simple Syrup. Oh, it's great. That's a good Along one. with a hero, Vincent yeah. Van Gogh, and some other people who are probably going to be upset that I forgot them, have been part of the Vaporwave Zero movement and have been incredibly good at kind of taking... Not even taking the sounds of Ace Free Fantasy and Satin Sheets, just kind of like like doing that, but like differently and, and in a new and exciting way and, and just in a way that like works really well with it and stands strong on its own. Um, so anyways, if you if you like Shakuhachis, if you like the like loon call sounds, if you like the vaporwave that's original compositions and just like very like breaks influenced electronic music very lush you need to listen to simple syrups bloom there's a song in particular on the album called sky mirror that was my favorite song not my favorite but one of my absolute favorite songs of the entire year when i heard it it's just incredibly triumphant and just goes dumbo hard so 
Simple syrup, and he does it. He, he's a great live too. Man, all the Vaporwave Zero boys are live. It's are great live, but Simple Syrup is real great live. Love playing with him. They're they really all, are yeah, all good, but he he's he's my personal favorite. Even though I like all three. favorite. Um, so so check out Simple Syrup's Bloom, and then of course in, in typical Shiro fashion, I've got one that's kind of a, a left field recommendation that you probably have heard or possibly fuck with, Chris. And it's uh, an album that I actually can thank Mesh for putting me on. Uh, it's an album released on Coup d'etat, which is Tendency's album li- uh, record label. And it's by a guy called Sven K, and it's called City 41. I do know that album, actually. and I do Me like too. That it's incredibly, really? like, I don't like to use the word liminal, but it's a very, like, unsettling, but also very, like, IDM kind yeah. of, like, just just digital sounding it's 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 probably dream punk adjacent or like down tempo idm kind of influenced but it's very like post-apocalyptic you might say in a really good way it reminds me of i don't know if you remember the intel the guy that uh did the production for jimmy tamborello for the postal service he did some some singles oh wait yeah of course you do he did some singles that were kind of post-apocalyptic in nature and Sven K reminds me of that, but just like way better. Um, well, I was a fan of all the Jimmy. Absolutely. Stuff. I, I, I wish still, I wish still did the me figurine too. Jimmy too. figurine yeah. was really good stuff. Um, so if you like, if you like figurine James too. figurine, uh, Jimmy Tamborello, postal service mesh or any sort of dream punk or I, I wish there was more music. Me too, man. Days. It's very unsettling. Like IDM, down tempo esque, you know, yeah. maybe a little, little bit of so deep like, house so and like breaks in there. Yeah, I would say that. I would say that it fits right in with that. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, check mm-hmm. out City Forty One by Sven K, and that's all I got for you. I'm going to turn it over to Skeleton Lipstick, who, if you guys don't know, is a renowned vaporwave musician and runs the Terminally Chill parties. And while you talk, I'm going to fix these screen grabs. Yes, hello, Skeleton Lucy here, loved by most, hated only by losers and psychopaths. Same. Nice to talk to you guys again. Um, so the more that I'm on hot takes and the more I interview people, um, I always ask them how they're making their music, what their favorite synthesizers are, and a lot of times they are pointing me into the direction of some very interesting software synthesizers, and they are very powerful and they're very uh, dynamic and they're very malleable to make the sounds that you want. And I see fewer and fewer people really using hardware these days. And that is not a bad thing, but, um, but I miss synthesizers. And my hot take is that I'm still of the opinion that I really do think that at the end of the day, and you don't have to have synthesizers, you don't need them. But there's something very special about using them that, to me, is always going to be a little bit more exciting and more enticing and seductive to me to use than the um, than the software synthesizers. And I understand that they can be very expensive. And when I was starting out, you know, I didn't have a lot of money to spend on synthesizers either. But it did make me, you know, I always wanted one. I I I, I was always driving and, and putting aside money to try and get one and to look for deals. And, you know, there was something really fun about the hunt of getting one and making this, this the decision about which one to buy because it was going to be a really big investment. Um, you know, 
the software synthesizers, I could maybe even like you know, pirate them somewhere, or I could, um, or they wouldn't be that expensive. And if I didn't like it, I could just put it to this, I could almost delete off my computer and I wouldn't have to live with it, I could try another one. But the thing about putting the investment into some of the synthesizers was to really, I had to go and do, re you had to go and do research about them. You had to learn about why this one was gonna be the better one for you. And particularly if you wanted to start using an old synthesizer, maybe from a, a different generation or a different decade, and then you really had to like do your homework because that was gonna be a, a really big deal to try and find one. And then you might find one and you'd have to maybe even learn how to fix it or find somebody to fix it. Um, there was a bit of a journey involved with that. And also the difficulty into trying to figure out how to even, especially when you're first starting out, how you record it into the computer and what you do to, you know, to, what, what, what that requires, how you have to balance that. So in, in my hot take is that it, no matter how good the technology becomes with software synthesizers, I think there's just always going to be something a little bit more interesting and maybe a little bit more magic about using the hardware. It's not necessary, but it's, I'm always going to have a preference for using that over the software synthesizers. And this is after a few years now of talking to a lot of musicians in this in this talk show that had pointed me in the direction of some stuff that sounds amazing, maybe even a little bit better of some, maybe even a little bit better than some of the old hardware. You know what I mean? But I'm, my hot take is that I, I still am going to prefer that over 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 the other options, and uh, I want to get the opinion of some guys, some friends of ours who are very big into hardware and very big into software too, and very very big into into production in general. And I would really love to get their opinion on the situation because I know those guys know a lot about production, and I know they know a lot about hardware and software. So I really want to see what these guys have to say. Um, because I feel like they 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 got a they've got a really good voice about this that uh, you know, I think be a little bit you know uh, or uh, a seasoned voice in the subject. Seasoned indeed. To hear what they have to say. I bet you guys are probably, and I bet all you guys are probably pretty interested to hear what they. Oh, have to say dude! About this the too. response to the promo for this episode I've mentioned has been like very. Whoops! I almost removed that cam. Ooh, it's been very oh, overwhelmingly yeah, good. Yeah, obviously, obviously, our buddy Limmy, our buddy Limmy over here is bringing up really good points. I was fun, but it's difficult to learn how to record. I mean, yeah, it's difficult in general. I'm not saying that it's better. I want to let, I want to let everybody, everybody know you don't need it. I'm not saying it's better. This is my hot take. That does not mean that it is the truth, and that does not mean that it's any better or worse. And it may, it may, it's probably much better actually using software. I'm just saying that there's a there's a little bit of a of a, of a there's a bit of a quest involved in using hardware, and a little bit of sacrifice involved in using it. That sort of um that is attractive to me. Sounds you know, hard. So, but I want to see what these guys have to say. You know what? Let's go ahead and bring on our renowned guests. So we've got Donor Lens in the stew who graciously decided to go out of their way, not only out of their way, like for the time, but like apparently they live yeah, pretty far apart. Right I didn't know this. I'm going to go ahead and pull the screensaver mm -hmm. off so people can see you guys. I'm still fixing this. The, I hope you guys aren't tuned into Twitch or you're going to be pissed. But anyways, um, so apparently Tom and Jay live really far apart from each other. But apparently, oh, but they still managed to like go out of their way to be physically together on this late Saturday night. But yeah, so yeah. so everybody can see and hear you guys now. Um, don't, I mean, I don't really even know where to start. Like you've got, they've got, an, they've got a blog. They've got a re well. There's the there's the my pet flamingo, right? They have solo projects. Love and Dust is, I believe, what Tom's is called, and Kid Neon is is what what Jay goes by. And, and you're in a synthwave band, I'm pretty sure. Or maybe I miss. Both yeah, of you are in synthwave bands, and you work with Patrick Fakeman yeah. as well. No, we're in we're in band. Damn. So they basically mm -hmm. like 
never sleep and they have i'm pretty sure families too but anyways um yeah they have lives yeah so they have lives in addition to all of this so let me make this screen work so you guys can see the lovely boys donor lens probably our most requested guest on the show and you guys tell us what you think about skelly's preference over hardware versus software what where do you guys fall on that uh, first of all, can you hear yes. us? Yes, yes, yeah, you through? sound great. You are loud and clear, guys. Oh, we've been so stressed, but we've yeah. we've, we've yes, earned the drink. Have. Yes, you have. <laughs> yes, you have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, cool. We're over that now. Um, I mean, the, the you were um, setting us up. Um, we actually drew a Venn diagram to kind of oh, explain um, all our connections and stuff, which might be useful. That you can find that on our uh, Instagram. It's called a, the the donor van. The donor van. <laughs> Stop it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's complex. It's, it's very complex. Um, but yeah, yeah, Chris, it's it interesting to hear what you what you have to say. I mean, you can't really see in the studio because um, I feel if I move this webcam, everything's going to go go to shit. But um, there's a few bits and pieces of hardware since that I've collected over a long time. Um, I've got an SH-101. I've got a Juno 106. I've got a Profit. And I've got um, a Korg Op-6 which is like a more recent thing and they're really nice bits of kit kit and i've got no intention of ever buying anything else <laughs> yeah i'm kind of done now too it's the same thing like i mean i i i feel like you get to a point once you like you've gotten enough of them and after you've made enough music you're like you know i think this is good <laughs> like i i'm, we're, I'm mm-hmm. good with space some people never end but I, yeah. I think a lot of people do eventually get to a point where they're like i made my investments now yeah it just becomes about the shopping and posting on Reddit rather than making music beyond a certain point as well. Mm-hmm. Now, are you using most of the, mostly those synthesizers though when you're recording, when you're when you're making the music? What are you using? What, where do you come down on the hardware versus software though? Where do you um, use both? Yeah, man, I really like the Arteria collection. Yeah. I mean, like when I'm feeling lazy, I use software versions of things that I own. Yeah. So like, mm-hmm. like when we were making Midnight Store, I, 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 I did quite a lot of the of the demos of the tracks that I kind of, you know, led on. I, I made those like on the, on the coach, from yeah. Wales down to London, just like on my laptop, just using the key, the keys of the laptop as a keyboard, and just like using just like yeah, soft synth stuff, or. Yeah, we'll do like, if I come right here, we'll, we'll often just like jam on the, you know, sense and stuff. I mean, because sometimes, sometimes it's like just the physical act of like standing in front of a, you know, piece of, you know, like a, like a synthesizer, you're just going to, it's going to kind of spark something mm-hmm. that yeah. wouldn't necessarily come from front of a laptop where you've yeah. got kind of unlimited sound choices. If you just go, right, I'm just going to stand in front of this just, and then just stuff can start to happen. So I think there's like, there's, there's merit to both. Yeah. yeah. The limitations are cool. The jankiness is cool. Like, um, my SH-101's got a really common fault that if you touch the, the on off button, the tuning goes like completely haywire. Um, yeah. Like it goes like a semitone out of tune. If you if you put your finger too near the power button, like weird weird stuff starts happening. And like obviously like there's something kind of romantic and cool. Yeah, about really. It, but it's also a bit of a pain in the ass that it does that. <laughs> <laughs> um, if I can jump in real quick, I've got a, and I'm I've sorry got to interrupt you, Tom, you're a lot yeah. louder than Jay is. I don't know if it's because yeah. you're closer in proximity to the mic. It's because if mic if that could be like centered a little bit, that'd be phenomenal. Yeah, that. Just want all of our guests to be able to hear both yeah. of you fellas. Jay is just quiet. If, if well, he may he just be a quiet, quiet fella. He's the mumbler. Sorry to interrupt, but we want to, 
I'll, I'll either I'll either like I'll, I'll either like not say anything for like 45 minutes or I'll just ramble on about some some nonsense. Yeah. If I do either of those things, just tell me. Just whisper it, whisper it in my ear. Nobody yeah. will be upset with <laughs> either arrangement. Tell them. Anyways, proceed. Thank right. you for fixing that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So okay. 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 So okay. Getting a little bit of idea of that now. Okay. But let's. All right. So then let's take a step back for a moment. Um. First of all, how did you guys meet each other? Um. Tom taught my little brother uh, drums for a little while. Mm -hmm. And okay. you taught me guitar. Nice. And then really? I, and I started teaching Tom the guitar. Yeah. Yeah. So like. I think it's just like because like you can play like a bunch of instruments, but I think you just never learn how to. Like the guitar was just one that you not never formally, learned. no. Yeah, so and I was just like starting to because I used to like just do like bar jobs and stuff like that, and I was like trying to get into teaching music. So you were like my he was like my first student, and um, so I taught you guitar for a little while, and he was just like super naughty and didn't do the <laughs> works. <laughs> no, so yeah, it got it got it got to a stage where it was like. It, yeah, it, it got to a stage where I was just like, also he was just, just like super good, like like where 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 he was like a like a really good musician, like it, it was like just so much work, like prep, like pre like prepping lessons and stuff. So in the end, I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Why don't we like just like do like a music project why we just, together? Why don't we just work yeah, on music together at this rather than you prep music? Like why don't we just yeah, work nice. together? Yeah, because nice. we spent most of the lessons like chatting about music anyway, and like we we've got really different uh, musical backgrounds and really different musical tastes. But like I think um, there were like certain things that we 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 have in common, or like we found each other's interests interesting. Um, That's and that, kind of like, interesting. I think something was yeah. I think I mean I, I know it's not the hot take section, but like, oh, you could drop think, hot um, takes when if you're thinking about you collaborating you can, with go people. Ahead, like, drop them I got the flames, Jeff, ready. Okay, well, okay. Well, my my hot take is make electronic music with other people. Damn, because um, it's it's not an easy thing to do. Like like electronic music is quite a solipsistic thing. Like it's it's kind of set up for like one person just getting into a flow state at a computer, and you're kind of um, dialoguing with yourself, but making music with other people which is like a more traditional way of making music and trying to bend the the, the techniques of the software to kind of accommodate another person it's really good it's like an ego check like the i think i feel like making music in electronic music in the kind of traditional solo way is like a it's like an ego trip like it's just you're just yeah. with yourself and you're just kind of um alone with your thoughts but like trying to communicate your ideas with another person, it's just like it's just really good for your communication, and it's really good for your yeah, for, for as, as an ego check. And I think it, it takes the music into really interesting places. It like it doubles the possibilities. The possibilities are infinite anyway, but it kind of doubles that. Whatever two times infinite is, you know. That's yeah, very that's a great point. Take because you're absolutely right. Because a lot of people they get into electronic music because like I'd like to do something on my own. That's just my own voice being pushed forward. And electronic music usually is a pretty good um, vector for you know if you're trying to really personalize your sound and and who you are and communicate. Yeah, a lot of people gravitate towards electronic music because of the endless possibilities. So the idea of approaching it from like a band perspective particularly with the way that you guys are describing as two people who have like relatively like slightly disparate tastes in music or slightly disparate backgrounds in music you know yeah. coming together yeah, big you know, I, and i love that idea what you said a very interesting thing was like well, we kind of found the other one 
uh, tastes intriguing. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. that's yeah. really a great way to collaborate where you're both coming from, you have different backgrounds, you have some similarities, but the differences you guys have in each other, you, the other person finds intriguing, you know what I mean? And I think that's probably the best way. That's that's how you know you have a good collaborator, right? Because maybe people, two people yeah, come together, yeah. but their interests are very similar. So then what's the point of, uh, of maybe doing like electronic duo if you both are kind of coming at from the same influences? Um, yeah. So would you recommend that if people are going to collaborate, that they try and maybe go a little bit outside their comfort zone, maybe try and find someone who's not completely different, maybe who has a similar, maybe like skill, you know, maybe similar skill levels, but maybe has like a background in different types of music or taste in different types of music. Would you say that's probably the best way to collaborate with somebody? The best collaborators? Works for us. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think there's like, it could, work, it, could, it could work either way, couldn't it? Because I think... The other good thing about like working with someone else is like you kind of you're, you're pressured to like actually put music out and actually finish mm -hmm. stuff like we were both guilty of like just having like loads of music just sat kind of mm. finished or like nearly finished but not having the like you know you can you can just sit and you can if if it's your own project you can just sit and just fiddle with a mix for just forever mm -hmm. and ever and ever but You're whereas right. if you've got someone else, you kind of you kind of pressure pressure you know each other to be like, when are we doing this thing? You know, when yeah. are we going to put this thing out? And then you kind of set deadlines and stuff like that. And you and you know, so, so there's there's that aspect of it as well. Yeah. I think just having someone to bounce ideas off of and stuff as well. Yeah, accountability and delegation. Absolutely. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. Accountability. Can I ask you guys what is the biggest differences between your taste in music? I was going to say music, I can't wait to find out what they think sucks about the other person's taste in music. Oh my god. I was going to wait for you to ask those questions. But what, 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 you you know, what's the um, biggest difference in um what's the biggest differences in okay, the well, Yeah. Well, so, okay, so so look so so Jay's wearing an architect's hat. It's architects are like a like describe who architects are. I don't, I don't even really know who they are. They're like a modern metal band, right? Yeah. I mean yeah. they've been around for quite a long time now. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're yeah, like yeah. yeah pretty pretty so heavy. Lux says it asks if they're a gent band. band. No, no, because gent's not a genre of music. That's oh, hot that's a hot going. take. Wow. Um, <laughs> no, it's um, it's like I mean, there's like elements of that kind of stuff. <laughs> technical, it? yeah, it's like, it's like just modern, technical, technical, modern. It's it's definitely got elements of that kind of genty stuff in it. But less of their their modern, their newer stuff. But you should listen to it. They're really good. Cool. And yeah, and I'm wearing a Drexia sweatshirt, so like I'm I'm I I probably know more about oh, like early techno early house records like idm and stuff um but you're probably you probably know more about modern electronic music you know way more about synthwave um i know more about classical music i know more about fusiony stuff you play the sitar you know about indian classical what? music i don't know about indian classical music unreal yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow i mean I, ha I haven't played for for like couple of years now i've kind of fallen out of practice since i moved out of london but yeah i played the sitar there's one one donalens song you play yeah. sitar on, oh, so that's on, cool on miracle Lounge. yeah miracle Lounge. what's it called yeah. miracle Lounge. Our first album yeah so on the miracle lounge album there's a track called complimentary buffet um which is quite oh, like yeah. a silly little yeah. song but it's got like um it's got like a, a little sitar riff and that's that's it sounds fake but it's um it's jay playing sitar i didn't i didn't know that was a real we need sitar our audience that, to know I, that I, I, so I that's why i asked you to name drop thanks for the that's track id boys yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and uh, Data Girl did, yeah. uh, did a remix of that, didn't she? Like back in the day, it's, Data it's Girl's cool. I think her shit. version's probably. Yeah, yeah, and congratulations as well to her and her and Nana Shrine. Oh yeah, Adult congratulations to Data Girl and Nana. Yeah, so cute. Paper romance, paper wedding, gorgeous. Never experienced that. Congrats. <laughs> All right, so um, can I ask you? When you guys first got together, how did you decide what kind of music you were going to make together? Obviously, you both respected each other's tastes. You both had different backgrounds. How did you? Who? How did you even start the first song together? Did you just come? Did someone did come and prepare something? Say, say, say what the brief, what the brief was. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I was like, I was like, I want to do a vaporwave project, but I want to try and do like a completely sample-free. Vaporwave project. Whoa, wait, 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 stop for one um, second. Do you already? Wait, wait, wait. I gotta stop you guys for one second. So you guys have you had already come in saying we're gonna do something interesting in the vaporwave sphere, and and you presented that. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Okay, cool. That's Go because you'd been you'd been doing um my pet flamingo stuff for like a year or two before we started, right? Yeah. So so yeah. I think I think we started my pet flamingo in like 2018. I think we I think we released some vaporwave on Timeslave recordings in 2017. I think Timeslave. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, name yeah. slipped my mind earlier. Okay, so Donor Lens comes after my play. Let me go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think yeah. I, I think it was like 2018. We actually officially set up my play. Flamingo. Uh, that's me and Enzo. Charles. So you'd already um, been involved. Then, in, um, you'd already been involved in the vaporwave sphere at this time for about a year and a half. You'd already been seeing how much fluidity there was and how much room there was to press up, press into the genre and do something different. And it kind of gave you the idea of like, you know what, let's try and let me see what I can do to approach this with my new collaborator. We have a lot of freedom in this realm. Yeah. Okay. So go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt, but I want to, so you brought that to him. Yeah. I think my like, I think my like original idea was I didn't, I didn't actually, I don't think I necessarily knew runners clubs music at that point but like the the idea that i had now in 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 hindsight was kind of like what their what their kind of workflow is of like kind of making making pop music and then sort of you know chopping and screwing it and stuff like that so yeah, anyway yeah so I, I kind of pitched that idea to tom and we kind of went with that for a little while yeah we kind of we kind of demoed the whole album that way so like miracle lounge we we made miracle lounge just like a sample free vaporwave album yeah, and then like on the home stretch, um, like when I was mixing it, I was just like slipping little samples in <laughs> Pretty, on, on every every song. I, I, I think um, I think that, that like that was just kind of icing the cake, putting in some little, you know, when when you when you're at the ear candy stage of like a, an original production and you're putting in the little sparkles, you know, you're doing all that kind of stuff. I was kind yeah. of littering it with with samples. Yeah, specifically samples that related to the the track titles. So like when when I'm working with samples, I always try to relate the sampled material to like the the concept and the name of the song. Like and I don't sample just random stuff for the sake of it. Like it always kind of makes sense in the kind of um, the world that we're that we're building. So so I kind of littered. Yeah, well, we both littered the, the album with samples that kind of related to the instrumental beds that we've made, basically. So you were keeping it thematic. So as you were adding samples, it wasn't just for the sake of adding it, you were keeping it thematic as well. You were kind of actually, I don't know, hammering down the theme of the song and the, and the album as you added it. You were, you were using it to round off yeah. everything when you put the samples in. Okay, mm-hmm. that's interesting. Every time somebody says yeah. Donor Lens isn't Vaporwave, Tom adds another sample. <laughs> I like that concept. Oh, man. 
yeah, yeah. I mean, it's true. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I can launch into another hot take, but my my yes. my hot take is that we're terrible posters. We're terrible poster children for sample-free vaporwave because we've barely made any. Yeah. Oh wow. That's really interesting. Like every like, my have a turntable. Every single song has got like. Yeah. So I mean, um, you know, like we kind of I think Runners Club started before us and. Mm. But like we've kind of been sort of um, each other's best kind of competition, and like we've kind of made our moves at the the same kind of time. By and oh, large, yeah, but they they're much better. At, they're much better. They're much better at sticking to this um, sample free thing, yeah. um, and we, we kind of fell at the first hurdle in that respect because um, samples are fun. Mm-hmm. I like working with samples. We both do. Hell yeah! Yeah. Samples are fun. I mean, I thought it was a. Um, I would say that I thought it was very interesting. I thought so. There was the uh, the Pat Chennington live stream, the Grand Slam. What was it called? It was during the summer of uh, quarantine. And then you guys came in with, with yeah, the yeah. clarinet, like the block party or step. whatever. <laughs> block party. That's right. And that was. I thought yeah, that was yeah. like. I thought yeah. that was a. I was such a cool move. I, I found it to be delightfully transgressive to the concept of vaporwave, and I, I adored that scene. Yeah, but yeah. I think that's what kind of made you guys layered you guys into being the poster boys for like you know live instrumentation vaporwave act was like once you bring out the woodwind it's like wow oh sky yamaha does that shit too that's badass yeah 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 yeah. oh so permission has been granted huh (laughs) (laughs) she actually told me she'd um apparently she's lost her flute she was telling us uh, um, what Flamingo Fest, she was like, Poor thing. She was like, I can't find my flute. That's not okay. <laughs> yeah, we've actually made a track with her, which incorporates some flute stuff, like, years ago. Like, I like didn't three know or four that. years ago, and it's never seen the, seen the light. Are again, you serious? Really You're going to have to Changed. save it for the Patreon. Yeah. You guys yeah, have done hot, hot so take many again. Things. I think she's she is so underrated. Oh yeah, she's mo- stupid one still. of the most underrated. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she's great. She's great on all the tracks that she's. I've heard her on with you guys. She's always great. That's facts. Um, guys, you guys have done so many uh, collaborations. Actually, uh, everybody from like like Studio Studio to obviously Data Girl to uh, Ulele to uh, actually to me as well. To tell, tell you the truth, to with me as well. Um, mm-hmm. You you yeah. guys have worked with so many different types of artists, as I just mentioned. Um, Deep. How did, are you guys always looking for collaborations? Are you always looking to, you know, are you always open to working with more people to try to, you know, you know extend your influence and extend the influences on you from some as many people as you can in this world, in this little like scene world? Is that usually is that a bit of a goal for you guys? Yes. Yes, I think I think we're trying to do less now because we've yeah. done so much. Previously. We've done so much. Yeah, it's but, interesting. Uh, Hmm. Kind of went through a period of like a couple of years where we were just like, so we just said yes to like pretty much every single. I'm familiar with that concept. Feature. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, absolutely, been there. Do you it guys ever do like remixes? I think it's mainly, mainly asking other people. Yeah, we've done we've done remixes and we've yep. been we've been remixed like um, sick. Um, like Data Girl's done a, a bunch for us. We've got a remix like in the works which could be really exciting if it if it shows up of one of our recent singles it's um i can't really say more than that but um we've done we've done remixes for people we've done lots of features we've we've done two with be careful um I think oh those, we love that guy really strong yeah we love him mm. show. yeah shout out but yeah it's hard to keep track of everything like our, our band camp and our spotify are like quite good sort of catalogs of what we've mm-hmm. done sometimes i have to look through it and be like oh oh yeah we made that <laughs> 
<laughs> Shout out Naoko Coed for constantly dropping those links. I have to say that every time you collab with somebody, you've really done it. It always it sounds different. That's the thing that's really interesting too. Is that every time I've, you've done a collaboration with another artist, it's mm-hmm. it's like another side of what you guys are capable of and what you guys can do. It's a whole different sound almost all the time. Like with each different artist you work with, whether that be with yeah, with like the most recent Ulele song or. Um, Mm-hmm. Data Girl collab or, or all these st- every time you work with another artist you're doing something different you know what I mean I'm still stunned yeah. by the, I mean I was I'm still stunned by the guitar textures that you guys put out for the collaboration with me that was phenomenal I couldn't even believe you guys created those sounds and so you're always doing something I know you guys seem to have a lot of musical ideas um wait, wait. Do you, where does this come from? <laughs> do you have a set sound? Is there one particular artist that has influenced you or one particular artist's career that has influenced both of you guys that you look to when you need inspiration? I think that that's another interesting thing about about being a duo or like, you know, kind of um, working with other people is like we were saying earlier about having like loads of different influences and stuff like that. But I think we also both quite early on both realized that we kind of like just making multi-genre music you know, like like um, like gorillas, or you know, you know the, mm. the these kind of electronic acts keeps it fresh for sure. Yeah, yeah, because it's just like you, I don't know. I kind of feel like it's easy to get stuck in a sort of cycle of you know, like you know, you know, like what am I, what am I, what am I what, gonna say? I think I um, <laughs> like the way it works because we've got like loads of side projects uh, which are more strictly kind of one genre so like you make synthwave stuff under the name kid neon um i've got a vaporwave project which is witcher to limewire which is like yeah. vaporwave 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 yes um i've got an idm project um as well and i think like donor lens is the sandpit where we can kind of muck around with with all our ideas and i think like just the nature of the internet and the nature of internet music is that like you can kind of make your mistakes out in public and you can kind of try you can like throw paint at the canvas and you know people can see if they like it or not and it, it doesn't really matter true. like i think in the i think in the like major label kind of album era where you had to like spend two three years making your little masterpiece and you know it either worked or it didn't but like you, you kind of had to get it right otherwise you were finished like with internet music it doesn't matter because like we put out a single once a month and it's like if people don't like what we're doing at the moment they might like the one that comes next month and it doesn't it doesn't matter it doesn't it doesn't detract from our from our existing work it's just it's an option you know we're, we're competing with so much stuff out there like it's kind of the way you have to do it i think it really is yeah yeah just to be clear like i wasn't i wasn't i wasn't saying like um there's anything wrong with like making music in one in one genre there's absolutely nothing wrong with that at all yeah we do yeah exactly i think it's just yeah it's just like it's like especially with this project and it's kind of having a bit of a knock-on effect with some of our other projects as well it's like we've just kind of gone just Mm -hmm. make quite it's just like a slightly restless thing like i I think like somebody like fire tools does does it eat to, eat to a, more, a more extreme extent and probably to to a better extent than what we do as well which is like i listen to all this music i might as well reflect it in the music i make mm-hmm. 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 well i think that's one of the reasons why people gravitate towards donor lens a lot and i feel like the longer you guys are around the more that um people who are associated with vapor wave are beginning to gravitate towards you and actually looking to what you guys are doing is because it feels like a playground you know what i mean your mm-hmm. your your musical output does feel a bit like a playground it does feel a bit like two guys but a lot of interesting ideas about music and this is a great area for them to explore that and i think that's inspiring to a lot of people and i think as we've what i've seen over the years since you guys started is like more and more people like kind of like turning 
their head towards you. And you're becoming more, it's like over time, you're slowly becoming more of a focal point for, for the contemporary vaporwave world, which is like, in my opinion, great news. Uh, I really do <laughs> feel like people should be looking to what you guys are doing and thinking about how you guys approach music and how, how you put out this the music in this world as a good idea of where we should where 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 they could go to in their own way you know what i mean in in as in as so much as this is like an output for all the sounds that they like and then a way that's fluid and can be shifted around and changed constantly and i think that's a great way to approach it i mean it's genre bending i feel like you guys are like premium genre benders i have a lot of respect for that personally premium genre bender yeah exactly <laughs> But, I mean, DDS do it do it as well, don't they? And they um, do. you know, they're having great great success doing it. So you know, um, audiences can totally buy into it, like the, the the versatility aspect. You know, it's it's something we can do. So we might it's, it'd be silly to kind of shut shut ourselves off from things that we can do. Like that's, I mean, I don't want to give him too much attention because um, <laughs> the, the 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 that's not vaporwave guy uh, Triton who who gives us shit. Um, I think he might be Damn, might be watching. Son. He said he's going to tune in. Like, yeah, like just, yeah, I don't know. Like, yeah. we're we're not going to restrict ourselves. Um, you know, we're not going. We're, we're capable of doing certain things. So we're, obviously, we're going to do them. Like, I think it, it would be inauthentic for us not not to explore those avenues. I mean, why paint you know, yourself we, into we've a got corner? Things right? that, mm-hmm. Yeah, we paint ourselves into a, into a corner with with other projects deliberately. Like we 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 establish clear boundaries with our other projects, but like this this one doesn't have those boundaries, which is why it's why it's fun. Yeah. And it's probably you know it's more popular than our other projects as well, so people like it. I think we've we've got um we've got an album coming out in in uh, March, um which is uh, Rose Room, which is which is just kind of stuff that that we're talking about right now. But the, but the, but the funny thing about this whole conversation is we've got like pretty much finished. Like classic vaporwave. Yeah, we do. We, we do have a classic vaporwave record yeah. to put out at some point. Twenty twenty four, I think it, it might come out. We actually made it like in twenty twenty. Some of the demos date back. No way. That far. So yeah, like we do every now and then. Yeah, yeah. Like we're sitting on like a bunch of stuff which really is classic vaporwave. Like one one song plundered. Like that that is that is a part of our sound. Like it's it is something we do. We don't just dick about on clarinets it's... and sitars. Guitar, one time only. But you sick. Know. <laughs> Can I ask you what's the most difficult part of creating the albums? Of creating the what? Sorry. Albums. The albums. Yeah. It's, it's, what's what's the most difficult part for it? What is the most difficult to record? Like drawing or what's the most a line. I think honestly, it's like it's like the end, like drawing a line and mm-hmm. going and going. This is done now. Yeah. Oh, I can no only imagine. Print. How do you decide yeah. when it, when you're done? I ask a lot of people this. I mean, I know you do the sprinkling of the samples, but but how do you decide like we're mm-hmm. done? I think um we're in like a unique situation because obviously like we've got the the MPF connection. So obviously Jay has got um um conflict of interest uh working for both MPF and doing Donal and stuff, but Enzo who also runs MPF isn't isn't involved in Donalend, so I think like a, a deadline is just a good thing. Mm-hmm. So well, okay. we can't we can't literally like a, a this physical point. deadline. You better have this done by this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's good, and you just work up to that point, and then 
Yeah, like, I mean, they'll, they'll be like, you know, I'll be, I try not to listen, you know, in the kind of weeks after the deadline because it'll be like, oh, shit, that snare drum needs to be loud or blah, blah, blah. But like, that's not how people listen to music. People listen to the tunes. You know, people listen to the atmospheres. Like, people people want to feel something. Like, the technical side of things is, is you know, other producers might listen to music yeah. that way. But like, that's not how the listening public listens to music. So, you know, you just got to take a step away, listen to something else, do something else. It's a great advice, I think. Yeah, That's that great really is a great take. It's really good advice for people producing at home. Um, can I ask you, is there one particular is there one particular song you guys were writing and you're like or recording? And you're like, this was extremely difficult to put together and extremely difficult to make. That one that you're like, man, that one took days, months, weeks for us to get that one right. You know, um, we put our single with with Yana Tyrrell, who's like our regular like vocal collaborator. It's called Get yeah. Back. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, we put it out sort of fairly recently, and it's in it's in like a kind of UK dance style, yeah. but that went through like a bunch of iterations, right? And like Jay, you'd made it, and it was kind of like um, Nine Inch Nailsy kind of industrially, um, kind that, of yeah. That track has got so many samples in it; it's, it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Really? So the the sample stayed, but like, like I just kind of. Because uh, so the record we're putting out in the first quarter of this year is like the the main theme of it is it, it's like quite a dancey record, and um, I made just like kind of for fun like I made a version of of Jay's demo like in a very specific style so like there's a style of like UK dance music called niche or bassline which is like kind of a bit like speed garage and it was like popular in the two thousands. Um, in like northern towns in like Sheffield we got a uh, damn music like historian like, over like here. Nottingham and stuff <laughs> okay but it's like it's. I mean it's a super niche genre and the genre's name is niche funnily enough and like um, it's like a, it's a really cool sound like um, I kind of uh, that's one of the things that we both like which is this it's like house music with 909s and stuff like M1 kind of organ bass lines and it's like quite often like frothy kind of r&b vocals and stuff and it's it's just really fun music and it it never really took off like outside a very kind of specific location and i i just made like a a version of jay's demo in this style like kind of as a joke and i played it to you and you were like "Mm, not sure and yeah what have you done (laughs) Um, and uh and it grew on me then it grew on me yeah what hath god wrought so that that, that one took some time it took yeah, yeah, that it's usually very good. I'm usually just like, so, this fool just said, yeah, like, just. I'm usually, I'm usually just so like, I just do whatever, man. I don't really, mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, really, I don't really have strong feelings about like, you know, like, as long as it sounds good, I don't really care. But that was one where I was like, I was like, no, mm-hmm. I want it to sound exactly <laughs> like this. Yeah, and it's Keep normally, it's normally me being and difficult and Jay. <laughs> well, we need a Patreon, <laughs> clearly, for all this the extra stuff. But yeah, like, um, Jay is, like, a super easy collaborator, and, like, you're just kind of happy to go with the flow, and I'm, like, a bit more reserved, and, like, I don't know, like, I, I, I sort of take my time to kind of reach judgments about certain things and stuff. Like, I'm a bit bit more reserved and a bit more critical, but, like, that was one instance where it was the exact opposite, where I was, like, really fired. I was like... We, I really want to reference this like specific style, and you were like, um, "Wow, not sure." And um, but it turned out well. Yeah, I'm happy with it now. Yeah. Damn, I really need to research that niche because I've yeah, and that's, that. that's, I, that's exactly what I'm gonna do when I, I get might need you to drop some tracks. <laughs> I'm gonna research that. Yeah. So, okay, so, so the one there was one which was like 
so it, there was one which kind of crossed o- crossed over into the UK pop charts, and it's called Heartbroken by an artist called T2, and it's um it's got a music video where like with like a load of um kind of uh, lesser known uh, Premier League soccer players are like driving around in their Audi TTs and stuff. It's like very Y2K. Um, awesome. Yeah, Heartbroken by T2. Damn, it's like that a sounds song pretty that we, badass, actually. Yeah, yeah. I so, think I sent it to NRail at one point and and it like blew his mind or maybe it was be careful but like um I'm gonna have to check it out so let me ask you which uh what so do you guys mostly use Ableton is or what what doll do you guys use so Tom uses Ableton and I use Logic which is which 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 um provides its own headaches yeah its own headaches um, well you guys use different DAWs and you got a, you got yeah, yeah, and he yeah. uses Mac and I, I use PC. I, I use Mac and he uses PC and I use Logic and he uses Wow. Wow. It's a house wait, wait, wait. wait, how do you guys, how do you guys, we make it work. how do you do this then? We transfer. One of them uses Serato and no, one of yeah, them yeah, uses Record like, Box. Oh my goodness. So do you guys make the stems? And just yeah, but actually. That's true. That's actually true as well because I, yeah, yeah. I used Serato and Tom, Tom used to. And we've, we've done oh DJ gigs where you've been playing on a controller. Wow, like, it's, 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 a, it's a mess. It's a mess. I've, I've learned to use CDJs though since then. Okay. That's a scaly hot take, isn't it? Do you need to it learn how to use CDJs? It just it's makes life so much easier. Are you Worst kidding me? You, you guys are in pretty. I think you were allowed to not use CDJs out there. I thought that was required. Uh, so that's video evidence. You gotta let me. I gotta get back to this though. So you guys are using completely different computers, completely different um, digital audio workstations. So does one of you make yep. the stems on their? Uh, like, if someone starts the song, do you make the stems and then send, and then export them, and yep. then the other person puts them into their computer? How, how do you yep. make sure this works? So we we always we oh we throw mm-hmm. We Pretty got good. you. Uh, we we always like final. We always like finalize everything in Ableton. Okay. Yeah, um, and like the mix down and the master and stuff happens in Ableton. But like Tom makes stuff in Ableton, I make stuff in Logic, and then we just kind of yeah send um, things back stems, and forth. MIDI, that kind of stuff. We just send stems and MIDI. Just okay. Kind of, I mean, we don't. We're not like married to the idea of like us both having to like produce fifty percent of every single song as well. Mm-hmm. Of course. Like, yeah. There's some tracks that I've made more. Of, what Tom's yeah. made more of like you know we're pretty, both pretty easy going in that kind of stuff you know mm. in that kind of mm-hmm. perspective so okay yeah. that's good when you guys write the songs where do you usually start because I ask a lot of people this question and I mean does it usually come with a riff or a, or a, or a, or a, the drum track mm-hmm. or is there a now particular way that that starts or is there some place that you guys like to start when you begin when you write a song it's so very yeah uh, very so I imagine like I was saying like like most most of my tracks that I kind of started in on 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 Midnight Store was literally just me sat on a coach. Like, you were living between two places at yeah. the time, like that. That was kind of part of the sound of the album. Like, mm-hmm. so I think we we sort of hinted at it, but like didn't clear up. So I live in London, sort of. Like I live in in suburbs just outside London, and you grew up in London. Dona Lens is actually an anagram of Londoners, which we we found out after the Ooh, fact. Which is really what? Cool. What? Um, Dona Lens is an yeah. anagram of Londoners. Yeah. You heard it yeah. on Hot Takes. Holy shit! I yeah, yeah. can't believe that. Yeah, we had we had no idea. It's just like a like a kind of cosmic kind of thing. But like you moved to South Wales, which is kind of is and isn't a different country. But like we're a good like couple of hundred miles away mm-hmm. from each other now. So there's wow. some distance. Yeah. Wow. Jesus. 
quid, hundred miles away. But yeah, you were you were you were, you were, you wrote loads of demos for Midnight Saw, which is probably our most successful record, and you were like just 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 working on on the laptop, like yeah, I was just bashing out like just yeah, just like riffs and ideas, just mm-hmm. like on yeah, coach trips, just on coach trips. I actually yeah. heard some sad news about the Midnight Store recently. Yeah, rest in oh, peace. It's crazy though, right? We we um we um we're gonna get the the sign from the side of the shop. Ooh, we spoke to the Ooh, people wow. who um yeah yeah. So we spoke to the people who who own it. Who, who um Enzo used to um rent a flat literally around the corner from it from the from the same people who own the building and they and they basically said we can have the sign we can have the sign so we're gonna awesome. like that so. that's so fire let me yeah, ask yeah. you uh, how did you decide how, like so when you decided to eventually translate the donor lens albums to a live setting how did you decide how you were going to organize that process did you did, did you always know which stuff you'd play live or which stuff you were going to sample have automated how difficult was it a process to translate what you want to do um what you've done on these albums to a live setting you can see like if you if you go on youtube and just type in donor lens live right you can watch from from the start of like covid you can just watch like our hmm. live set just change every yeah. every single live stream set we yeah. did it changed the format changed the tracks changed everything just changed changed yeah. changed 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 and then we did our, what was when was our first actual IRL show um the maybe the one with runners club in london yeah the post bar yeah, yeah. So then we did that and I was like, I was still lugging around like the M1 keyboard and playing guitar and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And then, yeah, I was taking a profit around with me and stuff. We've, we've massively streamlined over time. Like we, we've tried like everything from like full band, you know, live drums, my mum playing violin, guest vocalist. Like, we've, we've had like that, which is, which is like, um, uh, expensive and hard to administrate uh, yeah. and like where we're at now is like basically <laughs> I DJ and you sing <laughs> yeah <laughs> so nah, you know, that's, that's great listen it's you so have to do with what works or what sounds best you know what I mean do you, yeah you know yeah, I think yeah. that's, the, that's the tough thing about people when they try and translate to the live set and the first time they do it it's like they all everybody always overcomplicates it everybody always brings too many expensive synths with them uh, or, yeah. or doesn't have everything set up properly and it's exhausting and then eventually you get to the point where like what do we really need to do here you know what i mean and yeah, honestly yeah, once you streamline it like it becomes such a more much more enjoyable process for yourself and for the audience too i think you know i think that like i think that people get stuck in the idea that they need to overcomplicate the live setup and they don't you know what i mean it, really what they should be working on is just the the theme of the live setup the how the songs are going to progress how everything's going to go but do you have any advice yeah, to people who want to start playing live and uh maybe have uh, a setup that's maybe sort of similar to yours maybe a little bit like of a dream poppy chill wavy thing and they're in the vaporwave scene they want to start doing live do you have any advice to them so they don't get in over their head yeah, I saw, um, uh, I read an interview with Daniel Lopatin and he was talking about how he preps like OPN tracks to play live. And he says he makes like what he calls an idiot version of the of the studio recording. Okay. Nice. Which is where like um, you you divide your, your track into, I mean, you break into stems like drum, bass, keys, whatever. And you just identify what are the, the things that absolutely have to happen. And like, like all the variations and stuff you can do live by, you know, with a MIDI controller or whatever, but like it's 
you know, it's not about like painstakingly recreating the recording because that is that is just like a, a thankless task. And um, the best way, if you want to recreate the recording, the best way is is playback, is is playing on a CDJ or playing on a laptop, like pressing play, mm. which people do to great effect. But um, think, yeah, as long as you're just having having fun and presenting your music how you want people to hear it, like. Mm-hmm. think there's like there's there's, there's merit in complicated setups there's merit in simple setups yeah. like as long as you're That's having facts. fun and the audience is having that, fun all people want is yeah, to hear is what they deep, love loud Right. Yeah, 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 on a big system. But they yeah. want to see you enjoying yourself. As yes, well. okay, like, that like too. Presenting you're right. The music that you've made and that they want to hear. Yeah. So as long as you're having fun, the audience is having fun, then everyone, everyone wins, don't they? Yeah. I'm having more fun behind CDJs than I ever was doing like laptop Ableton stuff because I was like, oh, is my laptop gonna die? Like, is is this scene gonna launch in the right place? Like, mm-hmm. all this kind of headachey stuff, like. I, I love working with computers in the studio. I kind of hate working with computers live. Like you don't know what they're going to do. Like they get they get too hot. The you know the the vibrations from the sub can do like stupid things to you know it can start like um, your um, controller can start sort of registering vibrations from the sub as as touches and stuff like that. Oh yeah, it's good like point. Massive oh, yeah. headache. And, yeah, very good point. No, nobody what nobody wants to see like somebody looking panicked upstage like oh yeah absolutely um, up on stage I, I, yeah what yeah, we're doing we're at the moment like i mean you know we're, we're, we're playing we're doing um cd like a cdj thing with um vocals and like a little bit of um a, bit of keys. a little bit of synth work from those little uh roland boutique things um which is fun um yeah. i like using uh cdj like mixer effects and stuff in like quite like a vapor wavy way like um yes. pitching things down and making like out of time loops and stuff i was um uh at flamingo fest like watching uh how internet club performed um using dj software but in a way which like no other no dj would would use it like making these out of time loops and like doing very strange blends and like weird eqs and stuff i was i was really inspired by that i thought that was yeah. that was wicked like abusing dj software and that's mm-hmm. some so, iClick yeah. shit too. I tried to like abuse. Yeah, shout out iClick. Yeah, yeah. Just some of the Roland Boutique stuff on stage. I think that's great advice. It's just like the cheaper synthesis, you cheaper synthesizers with you there, easier to gig with. That you don't worry yeah, about breaking. You know. Yeah. God bless Autograph for bringing all the stuff he brings. Oh, like, dude, him and Hotel yeah. Pools with the gear, man. But like, but like, I, I mean, for the most part, I, I do think it's a great idea. Like, spring cheaper things that you can play with. Yeah, that it's okay if they get hurt in the set. You can afford to lose them. You know, you don't want to bring your 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 SH one hundred and one with you. You don't want to be just lugging around. You don't want to be lugging around like heavy, massive gear constantly like those little boutique synths are like fantastic because they're just like they're like this big oh yeah, yeah, yeah. i think they've ever used this one hot take i got one i got one some, some oh, good no. advice oh no Uh-oh. spend spend a little don't don't spend loads of money right but just spend some money at the start on like proper like hard case for your just stuff to go in oh. so you're not bringing like five bags of shit with you mm-hmm. bringing yeah. one like, little box and everything already set up it's all set up it's all velcro down like as soon as i did that shit that was a, that was such a game, game changer, changer. Yeah. like oh, you just listen, broke up that's great open advice. the lid plug that shit in and it's done yeah oh that's that really is, like that was advice. like fucking yeah. massive yeah 
It's a game changer. That's great advice. Just to have it all velcroed into a hard case, so all you do is unsheath it, and it's like it's ready. That's really yeah. good. That's really good advice, actually, for everybody to set it up in advance. And I love that idea of just velcroing it all in. It's ready to go. Unplug it. Yeah. Yeah. You're good, fellas. It's time like for our top of the hour I, break. I'm oh. sorry to interrupt, but we got a very <laughs> no, no, no. special we'll message cool. that we're going to run from a Mr. Groovy Kaiju. Give everybody a chance to take a break, get a drink, take a piss, or check out these recommendations. Thanks to friend of the show, Groovy Kaiju. We'll be back after these messages. Kaiju here. Uh, do a little thing for Young Shiro and Hot Takes. going to talk about three of my... Uh, Favorite albums, I think they said on Discord. <laughs> Give a quick little hot take. But I guess we'll do the albums first. Um, so yeah, album number one that I've really loved, Sex Line by iClick. Um, when it, you know, thankfully, thankfully, I get to be friends with uh, NRail and uh, Will of iClick. And like, I remember when they were making the album at first, they played a few songs live early and they sent me the whole thing early because I was such a huge fan. And I've now, I just double checked. I have like three copies of it on tape and I've gotten my partner into uh, the album and she became iClick's number one listener because it's such a good album. I love the R&B vibes and I love how much it plays with rhythm and how there's so many moments in which you think something should happen, but it subverts all your expectations, but it still sounds really good. I think it's a really fresh take on like R&B and like reviving lots of things that mean a lot to me, whether they had that influence or not. But I don't know. I, I convey a lot of my own feeling and like personal experience on that album. So it means a lot to me. Uh, second is probably To Hell With It with Pink Panthers. Um, absolutely love Pink Panthers. Uh, she was my top artist on Spotify this year. Um, but what To Hell With It really showed, especially because they just dropped a new album, Heaven Knows, is that... I found it really beautiful about how the sampling she did on there isn't anything complex. She didn't really do too much that was new, but yet because it was so unequivocally her, that's what makes the album really good is that it's just extremely authentic. And to them as an artist on top of the music, just actually being good, but really to me, it showed that you don't need to have like some huge production, like, Oh, I'm like able to use my logic and bounce it to MIDI to, you don't need any of that. Like if you just make truly authentic music to you, and put that out there to the world, people will connect with that because people want to connect with other people at the end of the day. And I think that's why I love the album. And on top of that, it's just a good album. It's just like, you know, reason stuff. I don't know. And it got me really into drum and bass and jungle and like liquid. So thank you. And then last album, probably I'm going to shout out Ways of Knowing by Navy Blue. It's probably my favorite hip hop record as of recently. It's extremely reflective extremely vulnerable um and it has has bars so um, <laughs> i'd highly recommend that album i got to see navy blue live and it was a really experienced like wild show experience um lots of like very emotional moments which was like very interesting for a hip-hop show out of everything where like lots of people even started crying but uh i don't know it was just a really cool experience amazing album every song i really like um and yeah so highly highly recommend that especially if you're into that more like backpack rap headphone rap like if you don't get haircuts like me then you're gonna love boys and know but yeah and then lastly a hot take um all right i had to think of a hot take because i didn't have one in mind when i first record uh <laughs> but now that i have it my hot take is music only needs to be good enough um and what i'm trying to say by that is that 
I wouldn't, if you're someone who listens to music, or especially someone who makes music, I wouldn't spend too much time, like, analyzing, oh, well, the mix does this, or, like, oh, these drums, like, happen to have this one hit right here, and therefore makes it better than other music. Like, I don't think, personally, I don't think that's what makes music valuable, and that's not what makes it good. I think what really makes it good is the fact that it truly came from a vulnerable part of yourself, because at the end of the day, people want to connect with other people. And music is a way for people to do that. So the more authentically human you are, the more people are going to connect with it. And the more, not necessarily successful, but I think the more valuable or the more people will get out of your music. So I think if you're spending more time on like making the perfect mix over like, what does this music mean to me? And like, what part of me am I expressing through here? Then I think you're doing something wrong. And if you're analyzing music that way, I think you're analyzing it wrong. Uh, Maybe not necessarily wrong, but like, not in a way that I would do it. Couldn't be me, <laughs> as a buddy of mine would say. But yeah, anyways, uh, catch you around. Hope you enjoyed the hot take. Hope you liked the album recommendations. And yeah, catch you around. Bye. <laughs> All right, and we are back, fellas, uh, with some donor lens ASMR. Just kidding. Um, Hello. <laughs> we... We're, uh, we're turning Jay up a little bit, and uh, it has come to my attention that the uh, video for me is out of sync with the audio, so oh well. Like, we'll fix it next time. Yeah. Uh-oh. Um, but hey, we've hit the second hour of Hot Takes. Everybody, almost everybody is still here, and now is the time for you to ask the questions that you want to ask these two gentlemen right here. Every question, with some exceptions, but every question, almost every question gets asked. So blew it up. I'm going to go ahead and start. Um, well, actually, no. Quiz wants you to talk about, I believe it's pronounced Drexia. Drexia. Mm. Quiz yeah, wants can, you to talk I about that. I can about Drexia. Um, so the weirdest thing is they've got a track called Anti-Vapor Vapor Waves, which came out like a a long time ago whoa and that's like uh you know we, we we talk about like weird kind of precursors to vaporwave as like a sound and a movement but like they just kind of accidentally like hit on hit on the name you know um when they were making detroit Tech techno tunes love you detroit know, techno a few Sounds decades like I need before, to check them out. before it actually happened yeah it's really cool i think the the other thing that's cool is like i i like music that's conceptual that like tells a story and i, yeah, I really too. like electronic music that tells a story so like so like growing up as a as a kid like my favorite band was Kraftwerk, and i think like each album yeah. they did like like built built their own little world and it's like okay radioactivity is about like nuclear stuff and it's about radio waves and autobahn is about driving like blah 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 and so like drexia build this world which is like really fascinating this kind of futuristic world i mean it's like an afrofuturistic thing which like like i can only relate to like uh you know as as far as i can because like they have like a very profound sort of african-american experience and i'm like a white british guy like the 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 like the origin story for drexia is like um like a really sad one it's about like um uh like slaves on on slaving ships who who like jumped into the sea to like escape a life of slavery and like the the kind of afrofuturist narrative around them is like that they kind of built this kind of sci-fi utopia or whatever where where they weren't in servitude which is like it's fucking cool but like you know what do i know about that but um 
yeah, they're just like fascinating and their and their tunes bang and like they were like using and abusing technology in a really interesting way. So yeah, shout out Drexia. Wow. Mm. Shout out Drexia. KJ Valium wants to know if you're a yeah. fan of the orb. Hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I don't know a huge amount about the orb, but like um so they, it. they yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> um but they had that tune little little fluffy clouds um kind of weirdly sounds like a lot of like uh george clantony kind of stuff like these baggy beats like these kind of yeah. uh, slow down break beats and kind of woozy things it's a really cool tune it's like really i was i used to listen to a load of stuff like that like um the orb and lemon jelly and stuff like this kind of uh, mr scruff like um yeah like really like sampledelic british um electronic music that was like album orientated which is like weirdly what we do you know like most most electronic music is kind of singles oriented but like these guys were making albums and crossed over with a rock audience so yeah like, like stuff like the orb and um actually orbital maybe more than the orb nice. um, orbit, orbital, like, yeah like, all that stuff is is like yeah. weirdly influential on what we do now it's mm. funny you mention uh, concept albums. I was actually literally about to ask you guys if y'all are like album listeners or more like shuffle button people. You guys make pretty serious thematic albums, you know what I mean? That's an interesting yeah. question. What is so it? for your personal life, what do you I guys think we grew like? up on albums, right? Yeah. I mean, definitely grew up on albums. Mm. Like, I'm just... We had time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I mean, I used, to, I used to cherish buying CDs... I mean, tapes, even when I was yeah, really, really, really little. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to cherish buying the album and just like going, like I used to spend so much time just like sitting with my portable CD player, like listening to albums, like mm-hmm. top to tail, getting the, like the J cut out with the, with all the liner notes yeah. and the lyrics and stuff like that. And just like experiencing the album from beginning to end. And I do that quite a lot, not necessarily personally, not necessarily with like, new stuff as as much like i like to try and do it as much as i can but as as tom said it's like a time thing as well right it's like but like with 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 older albums like there's there's some stuff that you have that you listen to that i feel like you have to listen to from the beginning to the yeah. end like there's you know you can't just dip in and out but yeah, i mean we've I, both I, got kids now so yeah. it's like the idea of like sitting down and listening to an album from start to yeah. finish and like reading the liner notes whilst like yeah. as a kid like needs their their diaper changed or like he's <laughs> feeding and stuff is it's like just about the most self-indulgent thing you could do as a, as a dad so um yeah those opportunities are few and far between we do it a lot for work right or like work which is like in in the context of my pet flamingo mm-hmm. stuff or future sounds which is our podcast and our like uh, our website our blog whatever live events yeah, and our and our live event series. So like, obviously, we listen to full albums that our friends are putting out, but um, it's harder to listen to full mm-hmm. albums that are, you know, just like buzzy albums that people are talking about. Harder. Try and do it as much as possible, though. Yeah. Hell yeah. So, can I ask you just a really quick question? Since we're talking about albums, actually. no, it's my hour. Just really quick. Um, you know, there's pretty distinct art direction for the Donor Lens albums as well. Who's in charge of the art direction for the Donor Lens albums? What do you guys, do you guys design that? Is it who else, who designs it for you again? And who's designing all just the layout in general for everything? It, it massively depends, doesn't it? I'm, I'm glad you think it's consistent because actually there's a load of people involved. Mm-hmm. So like just going through it quickly, 
Miracle Lounge, we worked with an artist uh, who's a Spanish, a Spanish artist called Victor Arche, um, who also did the Flamingo Funk, Flamingo Funk album. One, and two, um, I think yeah, did some yeah. art for Floor, oh, that's Floor solid. Baba as well. Shout out, shout out Floor Baba. Um, and then the Midnight Store was with Tropical Virtual, okay, um, which is amazing. I think he said he put about 100 man hours into wow, um into crazy. rendering you can see it if you if wow. you look at the if you look at our, our our flamingo fest url set at the very start of it he does this thing where he because he did he did the visuals for that set for us and he does oh, really? this thing where he like zooms into the he like zooms into the earth and then it goes down into where the midnight store actually is mm -hmm. in cardiff right and then it shows really quickly like like the wireframe and like yeah, yeah yeah like it like builds the shop in 3d and it's like he actually used the like yeah screen record of him the, building yeah the screen record of him fascinating. building the midnight. jesus y'all should yeah, link that intense. if it's not then, super inconvenient and, um, it's just nuts wow okay cool yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah get get in the in the twitch but yeah and then um the error area artwork was uh, an artist called theo woodward um who's like an experimental new york artist so like our uh, uh, our albums are all have different visual artists, but we've got quite a clear concept of what we want. Um, all our single, well, most of our singles are actually done by Jay's partner, um, who makes art under the name Kira Pixie, and she also sings on a couple oh, of our tracks as well. Really? Okay. Oh, hell yeah! Mm -hmm. I know that. I know that. I know the handle. Yeah. So yeah, shout out, shout out, Kira. Yeah. So she she does all our single all our single artwork now, and um, yeah, she's like mad talented. Okay. Thank you for clearing that. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and your like photoshop skills extend to like definitely like well you've done some of the yeah, art work yourself and like the, the, like, layout the, and stuff yeah so like, i'll do i did the i want to lay out and, mm. and and that kind of stuff and well, mirror, are, mirror mirage still, artwork cool. yeah. yeah the the track with eulalie has, has got like a really cool like um kind of rave poster slash like almost like barber beats aesthetic and um jay did that. oh yeah that's really that's beautiful like, work um, Love, love that song, by the way. Love that song. Ah, oh, thank you. you, you yeah, know that's, that's one of the. Awesome she's awesome in general too. She's a good friend of mine as well. She's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if she blew up. I think, like, she's so nice as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's, a, she's like a I know, I know. It's um, you know, like that maybe, ideal. maybe not the most elegant comparison because she, she's a Japanese artist and and my comparison's a Korean artist. But like, what she does isn't a million miles off what Yeji does this kind of ASMR kind of lo-fi house thing and like Yeji is like fucking blown up and I don't see any reason why Yula Lee couldn't. I'd, I'd love to get her on the show if that was possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she she yeah. would definitely she's, be. She's, she's like um, underconfident with her, with her yeah, English. Yeah, that's, what, that, that's like the we, only we, technique we, that would I don't know. I mean, I, I, talk, I talk to her online pretty frequently, but I don't know how she would be in the, in the show. Comp comfortable she'd be doing with yeah. an interview, but she's awesome. I think it's, I think it's, um, her English is really good, but I think she's a little bit, I mean, I like, th yeah. this kind of... There, there have been a lot of people I've wanted to bring on the show that are like, English is their second language, and I understand Understand. I would be very uncomfortable, so I get it. Yeah, man, I, I totally get it. All right, yeah. we got a backlog of questions I want to. Yeah, roll let's through. go. Let's get back to the questions. I, think yeah. I, took up yeah. I just wanted to know a little bit about the. I, I wanted to know a little bit more about the artwork. It's like, it was a good question. I, cool. I derailed. So, let's get back in Carta ninety five, is the snare on the track distant? Roland TR five hundred five seven hundred seven, or a secret third thing? Wow, I don't even know. Um. Um, I know that 
Shit, I didn't realize it's gonna get that like technical. I think it might be a 707. Like I, I use those um those uh like early like the kind of more unfavored Roland drum machine sounds I do use in Ableton quite a lot. I like I really like 606 and I like 707 sounds and uh, the 727 sounds which are like the Latin percussion drum machine sounds. I do like those. Um I think it might be a 707 but there's there's like a layer as well. Like I think there's um there's like a Pat Metheny sample in there and there's a George Duke sample in there oh, and then really? there's like loads of um like pub- public information films and stuff um oh, and there's um, that was me yeah and the main the main thing the main like uh vocal and stuff is from like a Mike Oldfield tune as well the the piano the the piano line in that I was I was like um it's very heavily inspired by the uh, Wii Sports theme <laughs> nice yeah. awesome rose corporal yeah i think i think it might be yeah yeah 707 or 505 is that kind of thing like a kind of shitty roland uh, drum sound and it's it's like very pitched down also um we ran it through something called lossy which is a, yeah, a plugin that's supposed lossy. to sound like low bitrate mp3 oh no way and so like yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's supposed to sound like, like this 64 like a, kbps like a discord call, oh, like yeah, cool, yeah. yeah. That's the fun. That's the fun little thing to yeah. do these days. I, I have that as well. Five yeah. oh, wild. That. I'm actually going to do Roge's mm-hmm. question later. Limerence yeah. asked. They make earlier, a guitar pedal of it now. Which is, oh really? Wow. That's that's got to sound crazy. Limerence wants to know how it was mm-hmm. working with Darian Shields mm-hmm. because apparently he recently moved to Portland and has been Limerence's first vapor interaction. So oh, he's a pretty incredible, dude. Shields. He seems like a great guy that's that that collaboration was really cool so um uh like i think there was like a mad scramble i think either you were about to have a kid or i was about to have a kid like we've both got boys who were born at similar times and like we had this um like darren had asked us to do something and like it was getting like embarrassing like that we hadn't um like fulfilled our end of the bargain and i think like we just kind of um working in like a kind of mad frenzy as like fatherhood approached but um i um there's like kind of cool like squeaky sounds in that and i um, can't remember what the apex twin song is there's there's like a famous apex twin song where like the it's got this sound which sounds like somebody dragging a um a chair across the floor like oh, there are youtube Barrel videos of people Ball doing covers yeah, of it where yeah. they like they just i love that song yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's alberto Balsam. yeah named after um hair gel isn't it well, it's like it's like oh, an Alberto Balsam is like a shitty brand of hair gel that you. That's such a yeah, phenomenal yeah, song. It would sell it in midnight stores. Yeah, it's like Alberto Balsam. I've never heard yeah, of that. Like yeah, the the hair product. Yeah, it's like a it's like a really really bad like crispy hair gel. But yeah, anyway, um, no way. the wow. Darren Shields thing. I think like it just it just kind of it kind of ended up in the in that kind of vein of. You with us, fellas? Uh, yeah. Did we lose them? Yeah. Uh oh. Nope. That. Mm-hmm. Hello. Nope. They're here. Wait, wait. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you lose us? No, we're we're here. Here. For a half a second. Just a half a second. You're back. You're back. Uh, boys are frozen again. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Oh, no, no, no. We, okay. No, they're, back, they're, back, they're, back, they're back. They're back. They're back. They're back. Okay. All right. Um. You can still hear us? Yes. yes. And see you. Go for it. Okay. Yeah, so like just so I think like just approaching that kind of Aphex twin 
Apex Twinny mindset of like having some really pretty stuff and some more abrasive stuff. That was kind of the thinking. I like that, that like one. that juxtaposition. Um, mm-hmm. Roche Corp yeah. asked loads earlier, of IDM does it. That is very true. Yeah, good point. Roche Corp wants to know if you guys have any 2024 plans y'all can talk about aside from the album. We'd love to hear from Jay first and then Tom. If we might see you in the States again this year. Oh, I mean, apart from that album, I mean, we've got, we've got a single from the album coming out on last, last Friday of January. Yeah. Yeah. January 26th. So that's the last single from the album. January 26th. And then, yeah. And then we've got the album in March. Uh, We've got a couple of shows and stuff in the UK. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, we'd love to come back to the States. I mean, yes. can't talk about, we can't talk about any like uh, Flamingo Fest or any of that kind of stuff. But if anyone wants to book us to come to the States, like, yeah, we'll come. Yeah, we'll come. You know, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. But yeah, yeah we, I think we're going to, we're going to put out some Vaporwave. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've Ooh. got, we've got, um, we've got the classic Vaporwave records. We've got like couple of collab mm-hmm. things that, like in the pipelines as well i think i'm um, also so this year towards the end of this year will be like five years of us doing this mm-hmm. so we're gonna do it'll be in the uk but like we'll, we'll do a, a show like a special show with like guests and um maybe like put together a live band again oh, like we wow. did for this uh live at pink bird kind of record that we did like the full live band thing i think we'll give that another go you guys can run those questions up in chat um, while y'all do that. I want to know if you guys want to like tell us about how you feel about how Flamingo Fest went. Any highlights or just thoughts about the experience? Maybe starting with Tom this time. <laughs> I've chatted enough. Um, it was amazing. Like it was, it was, it was such a surreal weekend slash week. Um, it's just like um like being in LA as well which is like it's it's we we were saying to each other constantly like this this isn't a serious place like this is this is a city place like um we we used to like cities kind of being a certain way yeah you know like being walkable being public yeah, transportable yeah, real true, and like real LA place, yeah. not that For real um but like i think we took a couple of days to get into it and then like i think like the thing that it clicked when we went to Venice Beach uh, to meet up with like indie and runners club and that lot and stuff and it was just like really beautiful and we saw a sunset and stuff it like looked like a hiroshi nagai painting like this sunset on venice beach and we were like okay yeah this this is cool and then you know the actual the the, the two days of music happened and it was really cool um and you know it's sort of like felt a little bit like we're kind of cosplaying with our like small little projects that we've kind of taken over to the states but like you know, we, we had like, a, it's a small audience that we were playing to, but like they were well into it. And it sort of, um, it felt really special. Like it's just, it's just like something that, that I'm never going to forget, basically. Like even if that's the only time we ever do it, but like hopefully it is something that we get to do once or twice a year. Um, yeah. yeah, in terms of other acts we saw, like I mentioned Internet Club already, um, seeing like iClick doing their thing, like even without uh, Nathan who was unwell, like that was cool. Um, seeing groove remote doing his thing like mm-hmm. um like kicking things off groove remote was band. badass like, that was fucking cool yeah. love that guy yeah yeah man just i uh, just enjoyed the whole thing and um yeah as i said it took a couple of days to warm up into it but then like 
I was really sad to leave by the by the end of it. I don't know about you, Jay. Like, do you, do, you, do you remember? Do you have any highlights of the thing? Yeah, I mean, Jay was more involved in the organisation as well. So it was like it was like. Um... I'm trying to think for a second, like how to explain what I'm trying to say. It's like, um, sort of months and months of work and like kind of stress and, you know, worry and kind of, and then kind of all the way up until we were there kind of thing. And then there was this kind of feeling of kind of, you know, okay, it's actually like, mm -hmm. you know, kind of made it work. And then it was Lux's set where you felt that the most, right? That was yeah, just like yeah. observing that from yeah. the balcony, right? Like there's nothing, there's nothing we we can do now. It's up and running, and like this is it, and it's it's fantastic, right? Yeah, like I, I think I think like the the, fir the first the first kind of moment where I kind of thought this this is it, and I was like when, we, when they went to the like barbecue thing, and there was like a little meet up with the artists and stuff, and it was just like look like seeing like not everyone, but like lots of people just in one space, just like together and. It was like okay, this is really happening, and then yeah, and then we, and then we had we had the Friday, which was like hard, hard work for for us too, because we we ended up we ended running up, sound, yeah. we ended up running the sound, which was which yeah, I saw that was all, pretty funny. But, um, Yikes! That was like just like <laughs> funny, funny for you, <laughs> but like yeah, we, we kind of we kind of um, I mean that I mean it was loads of fun. I mean it was, it was stressful, but it was it was it was it was, it was lots, lots of fun. And then yeah, the Saturday was just like again, it was you know these things are crazy and 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 stressful and stuff. But yeah, it's like 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 you were just saying, like I had a real moment of um, sort of this is you know wow, this is really happening right now. Which is when when we were kind of watching Lux's set from from on on top of the balcony and just looking out like loads of people and everyone was dancing and having a good time and it was kind of like this is you know it's happened you know we've done it basically that kind of thing yeah. and yeah like i i mean i really i really hope that we can do it again um, absolutely we just it's just you know we need to we need to, we need to just see what happens basically we await with bated breath and while we do so, we've got a load of <laughs> questions to catch up on. Rogecorp wants to know if you guys had any highlights from the Econ weekend you want to talk about as well. Jesus. Um, that, I mean, that, that feels like that was like about yeah, like yeah. five years ago, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> when was that? That um, was so much fun. The, the, obvi whole... the obvious answer yeah. is um, watching Data Girl playing like a tune that we'd yeah. basically, we'd finished like, or like she'd finished her vocals on it like a matter of days or maybe weeks. Maybe like one, week, yeah. two weeks before. That first day was so yeah. fire. And Tom was like, Tom was, Tom was next to me whilst we were. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was... But like, like tom was like in my ear like, <laughs> like oh yeah i need to like, eq the snare it's eq the snare better and this kind of stuff and i just kind of like, dude, <laughs> just enjoy it just enjoy it man oh man no i was i was i was, I was joking um you that, did you, you did tweak it though did you or did you not tweak yeah, it? Course I tweak, of course i did of course i did he changed it after um, the fact come on yeah that that's like the obvious thing yeah 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 of course <laughs> The album's not out yet. I, mean, I could still, I could still tweak it. That is true. Yes, I mean, like, uh, selfishly, like hearing a song oh, that we was like being performed on 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 that stage as part as part of Econ was was really cool. But like, we're just like proud of her and proud of Nathan. Yeah. 
Yeah, dude, I was, I was literally going to say when um, Nathan played uh, Linkin Park, what, 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 I literally can't remember what Linkin Park I think it was played. one step closer. Like or yeah, yeah. Like, in oh, yeah, its yeah, entirety, yeah. the most vaporwave moment of the entire weekend. Yeah, it just absolutely, it just absolutely fucking popped as well, though. <laughs> Everyone was just going fucking crazy, like... Yeah, that was, that was a good moment. That was fun. That was yeah, cool. Day I mean, one like, was so it was, fun. Uh, Econ was like... Um, it was quite a, like a slick, like professional econ, wasn't it? But yeah. it, was, it was really cool to see act at our level or like me, you know, like a rung above us or whatever, like, but like within touching distance of us, like getting to do their thing on, on the econ stage was really cool. Um, and then like, it was, it was cool seeing like these like super professional acts or like, um, yeah, like big name acts, like seeing James Ferraro doing his thing or whatever like that. That was fucking cool. It's a great weekend. Uh, Roche Corp. Uh, wait a minute. No, that was Roche's question. I'm sorry. Quiz. What aspects do you think resulted in Midnight Store being your biggest album and Turn the Fridge On your biggest single? Fuck knows, man. I don't know. I thought I'd ruin Turn the Fridge On. So, like, run, running through Turn the Fridge On, like, I was kind of saying, like, like the final process, like, we often do is kind of add, like, extra field recordings and samples and stuff just to kind of give some more kind of depth and life to these record uh, to these tracks. And, like, on Turn the Fridge on, throughout the whole thing, there's quite a loud field recording of, like, a shopkeeper, like, uh, like listing his stock, and he's, like, he's, like, describing the, the beers and, like, saying how much they cost. It's like a, it's like a British Indian yeah. like, voice, and he's saying like uh, like Stella Artois three pounds, Heineken four pounds, like and it's running throughout the whole track, and like it's fucking loud, man. Like why is that, why did I put that sample so loud? And it's just like blasting over the whole thing. I thought I'd ruined it, but yeah, it's our biggest song by like a million miles. So um, what do we know? <laughs> you never know what's gonna pop, do you? No. Yeah, it's you like al don't. algorithm. People in yeah, chat literally got, saying it's their favorite part of the song. Quiet. I mean, it's like that famous we sample. That was Listen, I've told you once, I've told you twice. You're not on the list, and it's going to get used, like, forever. Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Your name's not on the list. You're not coming in. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, we thought that track was just like a little sort of, like, interlude sort of just, like... <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just like, a, a, a mad thing. I'm, I think that I can, I can explain better why Midnight Store is successful, which is that, like... It's like a universal concept, like this kind of late night shopping thing. And like, so like, it's a really British album. We, we made it to be a really British album, but you can extrapolate it on to like US shopping habits. And like, you know, we when we were in LA, we, we went to Target like repeatedly and like Target is like, um, Target. Yeah, yeah, Hello Kitty, Target. Shout out um, Target. It's like a cathedral. Yeah, yeah like Target. Yeah. Like, Target like is like, a, that's like a day owned that's song really title. Mm -hmm. But um, what was that? Limo was saying that he takes dates to Target. <laughs> oh my God! Did you did you guys go to the bodegas in New York ride. City? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We had one literally opposite, like on from tape swap. Yeah, yeah. We, oh yeah. No, no. From literally from where we were staying mm -hmm. at the at the Econ Four, we had um we had a, we had a bodega yeah and that's that's like a us midnight yeah. store right like a, yeah like we've yeah, got like much, a, we I call think. them like off licenses or so, yeah, yeah. offies but um yeah so it's they the don't make languages though in the uk or like you know you don't you don't you, you can't go into one yeah like, yeah, like, yeah buy a bagel yeah yeah, yeah you, can't, you can't, can't get, get a chicken over rice or a chopped cheese you can get like a you can get like a pre-made sandwich which like no one yeah. touches because they just look just 
coming in. <laughs> but yeah, like I think it's like a universal thing. Like these kind of shops, which are like essential, um, you know, when 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 you're out and you kind of need a late night pick pick, you know, pick up. But like they're also kind of sketchy places, and they're kind of weird, and they're time warps, and you know, yeah. there's kind of eccentricities about them. Like you know, like the bodega might have a cat. Um, yeah, or they know, like which, sell like, like it's they sell like Twinkies, but next to the Twinkies, they're also selling like motor oil. Like for some reason, like that's also yeah, yeah, exactly. Like the, the, the midnight store was like that, wasn't it? Yeah, like it would sell. That's, like, why, that's why I would think about dollar, it. Dollar, we need dollar, to take them to Omega Mart. Omega Mart would be great. I'd love to take them to Omega Mart, the Meow Wolf place. But yeah, no, I mean, like, that's what it's like. Also, as you mentioned, like, in the bodegas in New York, there's just these, um, you can buy everything there from, like, I don't know, replacements, like, replacement mops to, uh, you know, like, ramen noodles, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, like, the, the, the Japanese thing as well, like, the, the kind of kombinis, like, one of the tracks yeah. is called My Kombini, and, like, obviously the, the Japanese kind of convenience store experience is, like, more hygienic <laughs> and like uh better organized and like there's more kind of um care and like higher food sta- food standards and stuff but like that yeah. all of those are like interesting angles to explore like you know just yeah 24 hour shopping and consumerism and stuff like those are like obvious like vaporwave themes and i think like yeah you're so right about struck that. upon the audience yeah like uh, miracle lounge was successful to an extent because it's about like travel and like that's uh, the real place too by the way miracle yeah. lounge it's in oh, Bangkok wow. Airport. So people, yeah, people were shocked by the by, by the midnight store being a real place. Miracle Lounge is also a real place. Yeah. Oh. It's an airport lounge right. in, um, in. I think it's like. I haven't been Bang- there. He has. It's I an have, airport yeah, I lounge. Honeymoon. Yeah, yeah. I thought you guys. Yeah. I mean, I I still remember. Yeah. I, I actually remember Miracle Lounge. Uh, the the like the advertisement for that album in the Private Suite magazines, and I thought that was like one of the best mm-hmm. advertisements for an album I'd ever seen. It's so fun the way it listed all the uh, oh, cool. amenities in it and everything. I thought it was great. <laughs> who, who designed that? Who oh, designed that advertisement? You. Actually, that was really good. Me. Maybe you. Maybe you and Enzo. Yeah, yeah, it's like it was like a kind of retro, like airline yeah. advert, like a kind of Pan Am. It was, Am it was a really yeah, good yeah, I think that was you. Yeah, you don't remember yeah. it? I don't remember. Damn. Doing that. Yeah, I was yeah, a long maybe time ago, me. but I, I remember it was a very striking yeah. ad for the album, and it, it got me very, in- it got me very interested in the album before I even knew who you guys were, really, or was too familiar yet. That's really cool. Like, obviously, um, yeah, I, m- I remember, like, um, yeah, like, like a, a buzz kind of happening. I think it was like an easier time for promo, like, because um, algorithms now are so throttled. But like, I remember oh, being like so surprised that like people people were excited about it from the off, weren't they? As an album, like, we put it up for sale on Bandcamp, and people like knew what it was, and people were buying it and stuff. Like, um, yeah, Indus- maybe it, like it had the air of like industry plant. Then the hot take done lens at industry plant. Yeah, 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 <laughs> oh yeah, shit. Yeah. Astro Yeah, it was really good. But yeah, like I mean I mean I think um I was like when we put it out, I think I might have been 29, 30, and like I've been making music my entire life, but I like, never found an audience. And like um this this was like the first project which like found an audience like very quickly. And yeah, um surreal. I just remember finding that very surreal. Yeah, I think that's a good thing for people to keep in mind too, is that like you never know when you're gonna do something that really connects. Yeah, mm-hmm. keep plugging away, man. You never know. You never know. Definitely. You have your whole life to figure it out. Definitely. Lux wants to know, in mm-hmm. the history of URL and IRL sets that y'all have done, what do you consider to be your favorites? URL favorite, IRL favorite. 
IRL has got to be Flamingo Fest, surely. I mean, yeah, IRL, Flamingo Fest. Yeah, either Flamingo Fest or the last Future Sounds. Yeah, that was, that was, that was like, that was fun. Yeah, we did, it's, the last show we did in London was really cool. So we were playing with Desert Sandfields, Warm at Night, and Ooh. Vanitas, and uh, which was a wicked bill. And it was in within a tiny venue, tiny, yeah. tiny, tiny, like maybe 60, 70 cap oh, wow. venue. Yeah. And like that, that was really fun. No stage. No so, stage. Like, we were, it was like, a, um, like a corner. I know, like our, like our music. Show. Exactly. Our music's like a long... Yeah, we were on on the level, like just on the level with the crowd, you know, like a hardcore show, like a house party show. Nice. Like a day, like just like with, with his gear, like out on the stage with the crowd with his like, you know, at the hipster house party. Like it, it was, it was that kind of vibe. That was fun. I've got a strong um, IRL shout, which was, um, we did a show for the uh, Cat System Corp had organized called Explore the North. And um, we were sat mm. on cross-legged on the floor in your like unfinished studio we were like sat in dust like cross-legged yeah. it was just like a barren room with like a load of like small toys like um chaos pad you had your game oh, yeah. boy no i was playing my uh nintendo ds, DS. yeah nice yeah. Oh, wow. um had like an ableton controller had like a like a load of um cool guitar pedals and stuff and we, we kind of did like an like an ambient set um and we were doing stuff like um working like arthur russell cello samples and stuff it's into it, our tracks it, and stuff time yeah I, I, I remember that really fondly i go back and watch that on youtube sometimes and Ooh. like it was quite improv like quite um quite cool but yeah yeah that that's like about as hippie as as we've ever <laughs> yeah and i was just doing like <laughs> oh yeah chaos pad noise yeah, yeah. nice love to be um, on a, a fly on the wall the, for that yeah i think it's called explore the, the north Shut yeah up, i think um cat system corporate like yeah, for sure. I for think it was like a local that. arts festival in yeah. when he was he was living in the Netherlands because he, he's in Finland now. I think it was called oh, Explore no the North. I think his his thing was called Explore the Vapor. His like yeah part is like part of the of the bigger yeah. show. Think. Yeah, that's uh, it. Was one of the first things we did, and it's it's on YouTube. But it's probably had like sixty views or something. Like it's like no one's seen it, but um, it's my, really cool. My personal favorite. I, I fucking love doing that. That was so much fun. I, I mean, I enjoy doing like I, do, I enjoy doing all of, this, all of these, man. Like the 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 URL stuff is fun. The IRL stuff is fun. Like I kind of feel like music is made to be performed. I mean, I know that doesn't apply for everyone, and like you know, everyone should be able to create music for whatever purpose they want to. But like for me personally, it's like I just feel like music needs to be me like be p p p performed to like a you know a crowd ideally. But these URL shows as well, are, like just so much fun mm -hmm. just like just because like, like like i was saying earlier about how we used to do just different formats for like every single show it was like we just kind of meet up or do or even film independently and we just pick like an entirely new set list each time yeah it's unsustainable yeah, right? yeah, it was completely fun. unsustainable but during during covid like especially when like everyone was just trapped inside like it was yeah. just like a real fucking fun thing to do yeah the chats yeah. were funny like people going boner lens boner lens boner oh lens. my god <laughs> um, boner lens I, I think, boner lens i think like probably <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mona Lens is new. We need to shout out Rob, who's like one Mona of the Sounds contributors. So he came, he came up with Mona Lens, which is which is really good, especially for hot takes. I don't think we've been too money though. I think we're no, we're, no, we're no. This clapping. has been really good. We 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 still have a lot of good questions too. We need to roll through. Uh, 
Lux also wants to know what your goals are for 2024. Doesn't matter if it's personal, related to Donorland, solo projects, MPF, future sounds, just goals. Yeah, all of, all of these things. <laughs> Have our uh, cake and eat it. Right. Uh, I don't know. Um, have, I have fun. I mean, we need to get this album out. Yeah. I want to put some Vaporwave out. That's not a fucking New Year's, New Year's resolution, though. That's it's just like... It, needs, it just needs <laughs> to happen. It's too late not to happen. Um, I think, um, like, we're, we're both sitting on, like, a shitload of solo music that, that, that yeah. needs to come out, basically. Like, I, I made a, uh, an album um, under the name Love and Dust, like, two years ago. And it's got features from Win- Winter Court and stuff like yeah, that. that shit like, fucking bangs as well. Yeah, but, like, I, I, I had... I, I, I talked to a label and then like i don't know like i don't know why um never pulled the trigger on it but like haven't and um i'm gonna do more stuff with which it's a lime wire you're gonna do stuff with kidney on you've got like a secret project i've got a secret project but we're not gonna talk about that um iverson is the name of the like yeah. um 80s pop band that we play in so iverson of oh wow so, like they're oh, wow. Yeah. associated I, with I, the yeah, synthwave scene but um so um, we've both played like all the instruments in the band at various times, but I'm currently the drummer and you're currently the, the guitarist. Um, wow. And it's, um, it's kind of the brainchild of this guy, um, Josh Iverson um, and uh, his collaborator, Johnny Royal. So it's like another duo and we're a duo that plugs into the duo. Um, like a, tran- like a tran- transformer kind yeah. of thing. Kind of, like kind you're of sub-leasing from the um, original duo. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. But um, they're in the synthwave scene, but like their their touchstones are like, it's it's all vocal music and it's like really strong songwriting. And the the touchstones are more things like the Human League and Scritti Politti, and I don't know like Japan and Prefab Sprout and things like that. Yeah, like 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 80s British indie good songwriting, 80s production, Blue Nile. Um, that kind of thing um, and uh, it's really good and yeah we're going to be quite busy with that as well I think love it uh, Pacific Plaza can Tom tell us about knowing the folks in the same circles as Noah the Whale and Laura Marling hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no <laughs> um, okay um, there's no. industry plant yeah industry plant okay so there's some st- there's some stuff that I'm proud of and there's some stuff that I'm less proud of. So my first like gig, um, I was like in what we call sixth form, which is like the last two years of high school. And um, Hang I kind on. of found myself. You call it what? I'm sorry. Yeah. Sixth form. Sixth form. It's like, it's yeah, like. Some antiquated British bullshit. Man. Okay. It's like the last, it's like the last, the last two years of your, sixth, of your like the number six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. Six like when you're like 17, 18. Sorry. Like, like when, when you're when you're when you're nearly done with. I'm, I'm anyway, I was like, um, thank you. I found myself playing drums. I was like the house drummer for like this, um, like club basically. So I was underage, but like lo- most of the most of the performers were underage as well. It was like the kind of dying era of people like not caring about like ID checks and stuff. And there was like this kind of West London folk scene. Um, and some of the artists were fantastic and some of them were awful. Um, and I, I would just like bring my drum kit. I would sit on stage and all these like singer songwriters would come through. The best of whom was Laura Marling, who's uh, I think is fantastic. Um, she's like a, just like a really, really good folk singer, kind of Joni Mitchell style. Um, so I was playing 
for her at least kind of open my key things but i also became her drummer but like i also kind of got tangled up with like noah and the whale and mumford and sons and stuff like that uh which i'm less proud of <laughs> mm. yes yeah, stomp clap yeah yeah was it like cider adverts yeah. um cider yeah. Adverts. but yeah the, the, that's what i was, I was yeah i was i was playing playing drums for that kind of music for like a couple of years and um yeah uh, but yeah, shout out Laura Marling. She's fucking cool. The 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 rest of them I can I can do without. But yeah, like uh, it was cool though. Like I I I was I was like an underage kid, and I, we were playing like Glastonbury Festival and like play, like touring the UK and stuff whilst I was still at school. Jesus, that's cool. So that was cool. Your, cool. your parents I mean, were cool, like, like anime I, parents that like just let you do whatever. Yeah, it was, it was really cool. Yeah, well, my mom's a mu- musician, so she was like well into it. Like um. But yeah, it was it was it was mad though because like I had a taste of success in my teens, and then like I left that stuff to kind of to go to university, like to go to college and study and stuff. And then like I kind of spent my whole twenties not finding the same level of success with musical projects. And then like when I was kind of approaching my thirties, like we started this and kind of got back on the horse. But yeah, like I, I kind of spent ten years in a kind of wilderness. But like I was always making music and practicing and stuff. And I think maybe maybe like we can hear some of that in Dino Lens, just like putting the hours in, you know. Uh, Pacific Plaza is wondering if we're going to ask the shoegaze question, which I believe he oh, wants yeah. us to know or ask if you guys are bigger fans of My Bloody Valentine or Slow Dive. Yeah. Hmm. We missed the whole of that. No, I got, I got yeah, it. Yeah, sorry, no, sorry. Okay. we had some freezing, but it was, it was My Bloody Valentine or Slow Dive, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't know much about Slow Dive, and I, I really like My Bloody Valentine, so MBV. My Bloody Valentine, Same. it is Tom, same answer. I'm sorry, Jay. That was Tom that just answered. Oh. Mm-hmm. I think we lost you guys again briefly. Uh, we're oh. we're there you are. Signal, there you are. Are you are you an MBV guy as well? We're still here. Oh dear. Damn. I mean, yeah, I yeah. I can hear right, and see you guys. We're just we're just having some laggy laggy bits. Yeah, some laggies. What's the answer to the question? So Tom says MBV because he's not super familiar with slow dive. Want to know Jay's answer? Yeah, we're still here. What's Jay's answer? I heard Tom's answer. What's your answer? Your your answer was MBV as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know enough about it. It's unanimous. Something to check out. No, no one says it's unanimous. Okay. Oh, the signal's gone really bad. I think. It's all right. We're almost done. We're I mean, we, we, I hear and see Oops. you guys fine. I, I hear you guys and see you you're, fine. You're frozen, but like, I, I, I hear mm-hmm. you. We, we hear it. We hear you. That's good. That works. Are you guys still on Twitter? Okay, cool. Yeah, let's, let's crack on. Yeah. Let's skip the Twitter question. That doesn't matter. Uh, Pacific Plaza. <laughs> Do you think British people <laughs> interpret vaporwave nostalgia oh, differently man, the... than North Americans or Damn, people from good. other parts of the world? Hmm. Damn. Okay. Are we back in the game? You you dropped yeah, out, but you appear to be back. You're back. 
Okay, cool. Cool. Um, you, there was a question. What do, is, is yeah, UK yeah. nostalgia different? Yes, to is nostalgia? UK nostalgia yeah, you think it different? Is. And and how do you interpret um, it through I, your British lens? Is what he said. It is and it isn't. UK nostalgia. What like full full. <clears throat> oh man, we're having trouble here. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and try and answer, but yeah, like um, okay, something's universal. Like I think this kind of console nostalgia that people have in that's that's mm. a universal thing. Console that's nostalgia, true. like like the Pizza Hotline thing. thing. For sure, the, the Pizza Hotline thing. Um. But yeah, like I think, um, like some of the music that I was talking about earlier, like this bassline stuff, T2 yeah. Heartbroken song. That's not a, that's not a tune that was popular in the states, and like we're we're like mad nostalgic for that. Mm -hmm. So yeah, there's some oh, big differences. I think I, I think the, the rave culture of Britain is probably that's a big nostalgia thing for you for for you guys, and that's you've seen some of the albums. Yeah, that you out, yeah. Like the side project. What's it called? Oh yeah, the, the, the three piece point. sweet side project is three like very, no, that, is that, very that, referential that to very that. British nostalgia for me. You know, I think that's so I, cool. So I imagine that that plays a big role, you know, in the in the in you know, once again in British nostalgia, and you know that, that we in America are aware that that was that's a big deal in Britain. Not it's not the quite same thing as having been part of the culture for it, though. Yeah, we're we're having big trouble with our internet over here. It's no, okay. no. So we, we're, okay, we're we can, work. We can take. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, and yeah, no, definitely like the the kind of rave thing. Rave thing was massive. Like. Um, I think um, it's slightly secondhand through through your big bro Enzo, who you run MPF with, because um, he was around for the for the kind of '90s stuff. Mm -hmm. We we you know we kind of participated a bit in the 2000s, 2010. Yeah, I used to go to like squat parties and like warehouse raves and stuff like that when I was growing up. That kind of shit. I mean, I, yeah, that yeah, that kind of shit is like massive in the UK. Yeah. It, kind of, it kind of never really went away from the '90s. Yeah. That just kind of. That's the reason there's so much dance music in our in our yeah. current sound, and that's that's like a thing that we have in common as well. Mm -hmm. And like um, also like other people who don't make like dance music as such, but who've like made sense of dance music, like Aphex Twin and Burial, like that mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Those are those are British guys who've taken rave sounds and kind of filtered them to kind of listening format rather than dancing format, album format rather than Burial's single format. That's, that's, yeah, yeah, I mean that's like a top three for um, Skelly. That's a top three for me, Burial. Absolutely. Cool. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're not we're not Burial, but like, we're, there, there's stuff on Midnight that's Store that's not a million, million, million miles off. But still, you guys are creating ideas and sound textures and experiences mm -hmm. through music. Yeah. I don't know if it's customary in the, in the US to like go to the park when you're a kid and get pissed on like <laughs> two liters of cider, but that's kind of a customary sort of UK thing. As well. I don't know if you guys have it's like it's like wildly underage teenagers. Yeah, we're both yeah. parents now. Like kind of, I kind of dread dread the thought about having conversations with my own child. Like don't do don't do what I used to do, please. Oh, that's <laughs> <Please>. funny. <laughs> uh, Puff and but yeah, Bruce. like I think people would have been there with their iPod Classic playing. Mm -hmm playing these kind of these kind of tunes like yeah we keep saying it t2 heartbroken yeah, yeah. Sit, 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 the sit at, the, at the back of the bus with the phone speaker yeah. against the window on your, the, on your sony, sony ericsson mobile yeah, yeah. badass puff and bill grooves what's your opinion on queen and the queen oh wow 
wow that's a good question i mean i love personally i love queen band and we're both kind of yeah anti-royalists yeah probably. very much anti-royalists it's fucking stupid um <laughs> queen the band um I really like okay this this might lead into a, like a, a a point of disagreement right so in um i want to break free um brian may takes this funny like synth guitar solo and it's on like the most like outre kind of stupid sound ever it's like um like a synth kind of trumpet thing but it's a guitar solo yeah i really like that i like and, that too okay but similarly i really like the kate bush running up the hill oh. keyboard sound which you really? think is really stupid you don't like the like yeah. midi like yeah, that's horn gorgeous. sound? It's classic. Yeah, it's a Fairlight sound, like a like I don't know. I wouldn't call it sound. midi, it's but it's like, like a back. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why, that's but very it very just went sound. Yeah. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Skelly likes it. I think everyone likes it. It's so wild to me. Like when I was growing up and I was hearing synth sounds, like I knew they were not real instruments, and I was just like, oh, that's a that's a like an electronic sound, like. Now, I'm as an adult, I'm like, oh, that sound is supposed to represent a harmonica. That is a horn. That's a, that's a MIDI horn. That's a cowbell. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, growing up, I was just like, it's just that, like, that. that's yeah, a synthesizer. Would... <laughs> the first, first it's its own synth... instrument. Yeah, yeah. Sure. The first big synth sound that I ever heard that really resonated with me when I was a child was probably um, orchestral maneuvers in the dark. Uh, boom, 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 boom. Take my breath away. Take my, the take mm, my breath away sound. yeah, yeah. Oh, that's not OMD, is it? Oh, it's not OMD. It's um, it's what's it called? It's um, who is it? Is it? Damn, you just pulled like Shiro. the color. No, I don't know. It's I'll, I'm gonna look it up yeah. right now. I remember that being the first time I heard a synthesizer. The big um, the big OMD song was was Enola Gay, which has got like a really Gay. classic. I'm sorry. Um, oh, um, I'm sorry. That was written by Giorgio yeah. Moroder. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what that was that, for a that, soundtrack. That, right? What film was it? Right? What's mm. that? Song is written by Giorgio Moroder. What soundtrack was I in? T- it was on uh, Top yeah. Gun. Oh, it's what Berlin. Film? Berlin yeah. was the band. I'm sorry, Berlin. That was mm. the band that did that song. Bro, I remember my dad Very watching cool. Chariots Berlin. of Fire and listening to like the um. Yeah. Who does the Chariots of Fire? The Vangelis theme? Vangelis. Vangelis. Yeah. And just Vangelis. of course it's like Vangelis. piano, but it also yeah. has like that like reverb heavy like drum. Mm-hmm. And you know, I yeah. just been like, I guess like I didn't know, you know, but something about it was like ethereal and special and a cut above yeah. the regular just acoustic instrumentation that i was accustomed to hearing yeah electronic soundtrack so that, that's a that's like a really cool moment in time yeah it really apparently was. they were incredibly 80s. unpopular course, with where, people. Where not yeah yeah there was a huge backlash from people that were used to like the mm-hmm. the orchestral um soundtracks they, they did not like the synthesizer at all yeah for good reason i backlash guess backlash from um from musicians as well so like um yeah it's like john carpenter suddenly just like being not not needing an orchestra anymore and just making it all in one the, key the director doing it himself yeah yeah <laughs> like so loads of um unionized musicians like hated the idea that like a drum machine and a synthesis like a synthesizer could put a brass and a string section out of work and a drum machine could put a percussion section out of work so like the you know the, the unions were really powerful back then and like they had like legitimate grievances because they were accustomed to steady well-paid work and they were getting put out of work by emerging technologies like it's their their grievances like seem very quaint now but like they're they were legitimate mm-hmm. but like it kind of um, makes me wonder if like ai is kind of, of a similar thing you know 
Yeah, dude, I was literally, literally yeah. just about to say that. It's the same kind of thing, but I think like a, like synth technology, it's not designed to kind of. It's not as simple as it being like just emulating, replacing traditional in- instruments. It kind of it's, it's, it's become its own thing, thing hasn't it? But yeah, like, whereas whereas yeah. AI is literally yeah. like designed to like yeah, it's definitely different, like, right? Designed, designed it's similar but different. Yeah. But yeah, like I. It, you think about like disco music becoming house music and it's like these guys couldn't afford like drummers and percussionists so they're going to use like a 909 and they couldn't afford um you know string sections and stuff so they're going to use like a juno or you know whatever like that that really was using um a device to kind of emulate the labor of like an entire section um but like the results are amazing and it became its own thing and like nobody thinks about house music as being like electronic disco anymore like you don't think like oh that's no. that's that's a, a disco string section that's a disco brass section it's like it's become its own thing but like that yeah. that is well, kind of how it started yeah all right we are we, um, five minutes from the deadline so what would five you... minutes from bedtime it's nearly five two, minutes, two yeah. o'clock in the morning it's oh, two I said, in the morning i said right, deadline but, then, but, but yeah out. you like, are the og you're the real ones for staying up so late yeah thank you guys um, very much let me give you a minute to shout out or promote anything you want before we shut out the lights yeah. shout out jay's solo music kidney on yeah i got a new uh i got an edit of one of my older songs coming out on the 19th of january uh, I've got a collab with someone coming out very soon, but that's mm-hmm. save that because it's not been announced yet. Shout out Iverson, shout out Band, check them out. Shout out our album, which is coming out mm-hmm. spring. No, shout out our single, which is coming out first. Dragon Drop Tool. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. This is an exclusive. So the the last single Ooh. from the album before before it actually comes out is called Dragon Drop Tools, and Tools spelled with a Z, um, a la Fire Tools. Oh. Um, so it's like a little little nod to Fire Tools, who's, who's like a big inspiration for us. Um, Hell yeah, Fire Tools. So yeah, there, there's a single coming out, which is, um, it's got like, um, it's in quite a, like an alarming style for us, which is like very, very, very fast, <laughs> trance, Excited to hear kind that. of um, like, yeah, like thinking about like the kind of soundtracks of things like Wipeout and the like Extreme G racing games very like, back cool. in the day, like really fast, like like racing music so we're, we're putting that out as like a final little thing before our album and um and then the album's coming out in march what, yeah what, what's the date in march march the something march the something our album's coming march out the something yeah and just like shout out um shout out everybody who's who's watching this shout out people who listen to and buy our music chiefly sky yamaha who like religiously buys our releases oh yeah shout out sky <laughs> yamaha um yeah um, shout out Nana Shrine and Data Girl for getting married. That's cool. Aww. <laughs> All right. Shout out Enzo, shout out Mon- Enzo from NPS. Oh, yeah, shout check out, out Future Head Flamingo, well, Future yeah. Sounds, Donor Lens. Yeah. Iverson. Shout out Vaporwave Kidney News on. Network. Vaporwave News Network. Kira Picks the artist. Mm hmm. Yeah, Kira picks. That's a lot of shout We're just like shouting out people we know. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, a lot of shout. Sorry, I think of anyone else. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for having us. Oh, of course, well, everybody. Yeah. Check out Donalyn's. Look out for that new single and buy their albums. 
and um, yeah. follow their side projects, of course. Um, Love and mm-hmm. Dust, and what was the other one, Tom? Wichita LimeWire. Wichita like, LimeWire. Thank you. And, yeah. and Kid Neon and, and Iverson and all the other good stuff. Check it all out. Um, I don't have anything to talk about, Skelly. I've got nothing going on. I'm probably going to put a set together here pretty soon for maybe an upcoming Helios or, or Vapor Shave, if there's going to be one. But I just want to say a couple people in there chat. There is Vapor Shave in March. Yes, yes. Okay, good. Uh, I will be there. Um, Quiz and Roche Corp both want you to know that they love you. Oh, and we so love everyone as well. Yeah, I'm so glad we had you guys on. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna participate in Vapor Shave. Other than that, nothing. What's up, Skelly? Uh, February second is Eclipse, which is the Witch House dance party. Um, I have a new song that's gonna be on the. Uh, I think Dream Shore is putting out a uh, Palestinian um, uh, Free Palestine relief. Oh yeah, Free Palestine. Album. I have a song that'll be out on that. Uh, new album's done. It's awesome. It's dark. I have to actually still do a photo for the cover art for it. So that'll be done when it's done. Um, hopefully soon. And then aside from that, oh, yeah. How's the, can I ask you guys, how's the, uh, how's the Vaporwave documentary going? You can say, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's, um, we're basically, we were like, we're like, we're, we're like pretty much finished with the filming there's like like one or two interviews and we've got a couple of audio only interviews we've started to edit we've been working like really hard transcribing all of the interviews and that shit just takes fucking just hours as you can imagine you have to just listen you have to listen through like every single take and just like oh my god you know make timestamps and like notes and everything but we're um the, the edits started basically nice um nice we're trying to get it done as soon as we fucking can like the only thing i would say is like I know it's taken a very long time. Um, Documentaries always take a long time. Don't worry about it. Uh, yeah, but can we also uh, also remember that we did have COVID and we couldn't start? I mean, if anybody like that's really actually mad can just calm down, like, you know, well, it's going to be good. Yeah, like, I think it's funny that, that people joke about it, but, like, it's going to yeah. be good. When it drops, you better believe I can't wait to see it. Me too. Right, yeah, we're I mean, we think it's funny, like the funny that are like posting like yeah. good memes about yeah, it. Yeah, it's funny. That's funny. It's it's like um, yeah, I don't know. People just moan about it sometimes. It's like you know, it is it is what it is. Like we like, I we'd much rather people moan about it for a little while and then it comes out and it'd be good rather than just fucking right. rushing it out. That's right. Basically. That's fair. Yes. You know? right. but it's not a cash grab. That's what that, that's it's the, certainly that's the not a fucking cash grab. Like we are just working for free at this point. <laughs> <laughs> like just play like you know yeah well damn thank you for the 411 you guys heard that yeah. shit on Appreciate hot takes you guys we're gonna have to put a takes. premiere when it comes out thank you for much thank you oh my god thank you very much for being here donor lens tom j <laughs> yeah, it was guys. a pleasure i know it's t- it's late you guys need to go to sleep but just want to thank you guys very much for your time and thank all of you that tuned in don't forget you can follow us you can check out our discord and you can um, check out our Spotify playlists if you like to listen to music curated by the artists we've had on the show. And if you feel moved, you can donate to us as well. We will catch y'all in a little over two weeks. Uh, Monday night. We're going back to Monday night, uh, the 22nd at 9 p.m. Eastern. We're going to bring on Crystal Eternal, yeah. renowned right. musician, show thrower, and artist, the graphic artist, uh, Crystal Eternal. Oh, That's yeah. going to be our last guest for the season, and then we're going to have to figure out a retrospective episode. Mm-hmm. And so, with that being said, we're going to raid Discoholic. 
and um, just thank you guys so much for being here. Hope you have an awesome night and get some sleep, and we'll see y'all in about two, two and a half weeks. You heard it on Hot Takes. Thank you. you. Hey, everybody. Yeah. It's a hot take. So I have a hot take for you. My hot take? Well, I think some artists need to put a little more energy in their live set. Overly complicated tracks are things that uh, that kind of ruin a track for me. Don't stick to any kind of genre label. Future bass is the worst music genre ever created. Barbara Beats was the original Vaporwave. Fuck General Midi Choir, it's all bad. Bruh. Worst album artwork I've ever seen is uh, Green Day's Father of All Motherfuckers, probably. I find new music often, and I usually illegally download it. Stuff that sounds good. Sample is Vaporwave. It's still Vaporwave, buddy. Midiwave is a, a form of Vaporwave. Deal with it. Gen Z is the future of Vaporwave, I said it. What is your musical guilty pleasure, Vaporer? It's gotta be K-pop. You don't like mint chocolate chip ice cream, you are a fake. Music isn't real. I smell weed. I'm Dan Mason. This is Babe Eric. This is FM Skyline. This is Mesh. Yo, this is Groovy Kaiju. This is Christ. You're listening to to uh, uh Hot Takes. That's that's the one. Don't touch my records. Ever. <laughs>